If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where three bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Oh, Mr. Ooh. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello. Interesting. There he is. And? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I had to wait for that. Uh, it's Mr. Ben Errington, again. How's it going? How is it going? Uh, it's going all right. How are you? Mm-hmm. Good, thank you. Good. Another week? Yeah. Another week, another horror movie. Well, yeah, is this a horror movie? <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't sure for the first hour and ten minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what's going on? What's everyone been up to? Uh, what has everyone been up to? Um, phew, I don't know. This week, this week has flown by. This is yeah. the short. It feels like the shortest amount of time between episodes ever. It feels like no sooner have I. Uttered the last word on last week's recording that this week's recording has begun. The sands of time falling through my fingertips it's as we speak. Of, it's the end of the year magic, <laughs> isn't it? The last couple of weeks just fly by. But how's it November? Like how's it November? That's what everyone will say. How's it November? Can't believe it. And I'll go, no, I know. But it is a bit chilly now, isn't it? It feels it's, it's it's a, a bit chillier. chilly. It's the nights yeah. are drawing in, clocks are come back. What a time. So how do you just, uh, just like, well, well, like as soon as you finish work, it's like pitch blackout. So. Oh yeah, before, That's... yeah, mm. like yeah. Oh, finish work that dark. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is pretty. I don't know how I feel about it. I think I used to get depressed by that, but now I kind of like it because I like retreating to my nest. Into the shadows. <laughs> into the sh- Retreating into the shadows with like a cup of tea and some warm socks and... Uh, yeah. Just I find it a lot cosier, but, but I've, I think I've explained before. I don't cope well in the heat, so like, I like to retract, re- re- go back into the shadows. Because in the heat, I feel like I'm I'm operating at about sixty five percent of my potential. Full yeah. power in the cold. Do all my best when work in the cold and dark. 
Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say full power. You never want to fully go to full power because you never know when you're going to need to, I don't know, lift a car off of a child. We've discussed that before. Sure. We? we have. I think, I think once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So I reckon operator around about 85%. You know, people say I gave, I'll put under 10% into that. Of course, that's impossible. But so Fuck off, Louis Walsh. Don't use, but... <laughs> don't use percentages more than 100 unless it's a comparative. Get out. But also, 100%'s a lot. That's like expending everything you got in order that's to do something i'm like that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's losing your bowel losing control of your bowel sort of power <laughs> Vo- <laughs> voiding voiding your bowels have you void your bowels in it 100 percent. but i reckon like 85 has got to be like the, the top 100 at a level. school test once yeah <laughs> Clear, cleared the hall <laughs> <laughs> what's, going, what's going on in there don't ask oh, he's, he's gone and given 100% on that test all over the table yeah. Yeah. all over the table somebody call the police the ambulance and the fire brigade because uh, anyway, yeah, like a, great, a, great, a great strategy though because surely that test was a write off you're going to have to do that again yeah they're not going to say oh your mark's got to stand from that time you shat yourself the SH80s yeah <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though if you were gonna shit yourself that's the worst time and place to do it surely yeah what would you do would you um make excuses would you i think get the invigilator <laughs> the invigilator <laughs> trouble on the air <laughs> I don't know. It was... it's the best strategy just to then collapse on your desk and pretend yeah. you're really seriously ill yeah the thing is there was that you are what like almost like a bear was going to attack you, shit yourself, and then just play dead. Yeah, I think just fall off. I think just fall off your chair, mm. lie very still. Maybe go this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah grip, grip, grip your chest. But, but then, like a teacher would come and give oh, you the Heimlich maneuver, and maybe break a rib. <laughs> no, you've got to make sure it doesn't maneuver. like choking because you can't be eating an exam. So you've got to, you've got to, as you fall over, he's having an heart attack. Quick, the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> this is an art attack. This is an art attack. Yeah, because there's always those teachers roaming up and down, like in the in the tests, weren't they? Sort of keeping an eye on you, making sure you haven't got any notes written on the underside of your, on your pencil case. Invigilators. Oh, it's what they sounded like. Villains. Like oh, that's what you said. When you said that just now, I kind of just nodded and laughed. <laughs> but that's what you meant. What I was like... Yeah. And that Invisalign, the thing that keeps your teeth straight. Or whatever. Inquisitors that go around <laughs> Yeah. Conquist- conquistadors. Yeah. <laughs> conquistadors go around, your, yeah. go around your exam hall, making sure you don't cheat or some there was all... have like the answers to like an English literature, like essay based exam written on your pencil case. Yeah. yeah. So, some, some of them like used to go, you're right don't understand the question think of it like this and they try and like it was almost but they're not trying to help you but it was weird wasn't it i was i don't, just, I don't think uh, i ever got that from an invigilator i'm pretty sure they they always walked like you know like the red guards from uh star wars <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say or doing or doing like the wizard of oz they're just marching up and down the corridor <laughs> you sneeze into a tissue and they go give me that What's in there? <laughs> yeah. Gotta put your hand up if you want to go to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, embarrassing. That's embarrassing in any situation having to go. Can I please? please. I couldn't uh, go before. I'm embarrassing. I'm a human. I'm a, wearing a meat suit and I need a piss. <laughs> yeah, there we yeah. go. 
There we go. Real life horror exams, stressful times. Do they exist anymore in the same way? Exams? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I'd now with COVID, like, do you just go in like an isolation tank and They're do all done on Google Forms now. Marks it for you. We've done a VR, mate. There's VR and vigil. What did you say? Invigilator. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, invigilator. That's actually true. Like, They're walking around in VR. Like Karen had to do an exam. Um, oh shit! Like, yeah, like for this one, not quite in the metaverse, but she had to do it, and it was online, so she had to do it on thingy. But she had to be like in view of her camera with the sound switched on the oh, whole time yeah. Yeah. so you're not allowed to mute it you've got to have the sound on you've got to have so i literally oh. have to and like you're not allowed to have any distractions within that so like but how can you control like if the doorbell goes and your dogs bark ever so like for the exam i just mm. put the dogs and we just went out for a walk for like the two hours of this exam but like it's got to be tough was it closed book i'm guessing then yeah yeah like literally you had to have like you had to have it in a certain way and it had to be there was a session before the exam where they examined like your like your setup and said okay that's fine you can't have anything any different you can't have it in a different room like you can't have anyone you know you've got to be sound on you've got to be able to be seen the whole time hmm. wow so i guess for those you yeah. can't even go to the toilet because you can't uh, walk yourself well, unless you take the camera with you and what you could bottle down there yeah. What, what you could do is like Keanu Reeves in Speed when he looped a little bit of video so uh, that Dennis yeah. so that Dennis Hopper couldn't uh, realise that they were they were no longer even in the bus. Yeah, uh, and put a handbag down. Yeah. It's oh yeah, just like a little. Boop, boop. Still oh yeah. It to this day, <laughs> he wouldn't even go over any. I wouldn't even run out of petrol sooner. They bloody idiots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, bloody hell, the fumes last longer than you think. Just watching. <laughs> Uh, ben, I think your sorry to pause, but your volume is a little too high. I think oh. uh, is it is that is that right for you, Andy, as well? Yeah, is it, you've got a little bit of uh, you know when um, Tim Carrey like does like electric guitar noises. He like puts the mic <laughs> in his mouth. Goes, <laughs> <laughs> really, as bad as that? Any better? Uh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a little bit. That's weird. Usually, it's the usually it's the other way around. I'm yeah. way too quiet. Am I too loud? Am I too quiet? No, uh, just right. Just right. Just right. If this was Goldilocks and the Free Bears, you'd be the you are baby one? bears porridge. Baby bears porridge. <laughs> what about me now? Does this sound all right? Yeah, you're coming in like firmly, firmly, mummy bear. I'll, I'll, I'll be a bit. I'll, I'll come a bit behind as well. Give it a bit of breathing room. You know, maybe I'm being a bit too full on with my mouth. <laughs> too heavy on the mic. <laughs> too heavy on the microphone. Yeah. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> go on, go on, go on. Okay, good to go. Let's go. Um, I guess, I guess some horror news. But to be fair, few and far between. There's a lot of like, oh, this film's coming out at some point. I saw that there was Stranger Things Day the other day, and there's another teaser trailer for Stranger Things season four, which is coming. And this was a shock to me. It's arriving summer 2022. I was like, Stranger Things, Stranger Things season four. Hmm. I was like, surely. Weird. I, I thought it was like I don't know this year, this yeah, month. I think it was meant <laughs> to be know. this year, wasn't it? Originally, kids would be in their thirties. Yeah, I'll tell you uh, what. That is out yeah. of nowhere. That actually came out way quicker than I thought. Dexter has started up again. I think the first oh, yeah. episode came out yesterday or today. Hmm. Uh, are you excited? Did you? 
Also, uh, no, I've not seen it. Uh, also, it's made by the guy who directed the first four seasons of the show, and they're the good ones. So, ah, okay, yeah. promising, it's quite promising. It's yeah. like Dexter, always pissed off with his sister, though, coming into that lab, messing up his experiments, always possessed. <laughs> yeah, I never really watched much of it. Was he a good guy? Well, he was a functional psychopath in a, in a way. Yeah. So he his yeah, whole thing was um, he was um, he had to kill. He had a need to kill, but he had like a, a rule that he set himself where he could only kill bad people. Only kills wrongans. Yeah. Only kills wrongans. I've killed him. Oh, it turns out he did a lot for charity. Oh, I shit. think it was pre. It was like pre prestige TV. If that makes sense. So it was like before Breaking Bad and stuff. Before things got really good. But I yeah. think the tone that they had on Dexter was really good. I think it was. Uh, and then it was quite charming and dark and fun. I've seen I've seen the first episode and I've seen the parody of Surprise Motherfucker. That's all I need. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Supplies, motherfucker. <laughs> all right. Some fries, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that. And the only other things that I've really seen is that there's two like new releases this week. One which I think you've seen, Luke. So Antlers is finally out, finally yeah. out in theaters. Um, I missed it, and I was going to go and try and watch it this week. It's not showing bloody anywhere now. Yeah, it was a blink, 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 and you bloody miss it scenario. Very disappointing. So I uh, don't know. How I'm going to be able to watch that, but yeah, this was obviously one of the films that was pretty much supposed to arrive like as soon as COVID hit, right? And then it just got delayed. I think it was one of the first. Mm. Um, few one of the first batch at least of films that got delayed um so yeah interested to see what you think about that in a sec yeah uh and the other film there's a movie called the deep house which has been released this week as well don't know if you guys have heard much about this is that the exorcism one is that it's an underwater underwater haunted house movie yeah so um yeah, I'm going to probably try and check that out this week. I think it's been getting some fairly positive reviews, and it's quite an interesting concept as well. Fairly positive. Else? Could be pretty great for a horror movie. So you don't fairly want to, you don't positive. Want to yeah. You yeah. know, a mi- mixed reception is like the height <laughs> of the, give it an Oscar. Yeah. Underwater is scary. Like, uh, yeah. when they're having a look around the Titanic in the Titanic movie, oh, yeah. doesn't, something ha- doesn't something happen where some like a fish or something goes in front of the screen and everyone goes, whoa! Yeah, it's a big old fish. I mean, <laughs> put it this way, put it to real life. Would you like your house to be underwater, Ben? I wouldn't. Yeah. Be no good. No. I don't, you get wrinkly fingers like when you've been in the bath for too long. Yeah. The only place worse for your house to suddenly be is like, I no space. That would be the worst place. Yeah. If you got yeah. Zathorid. In that underwater bit, is there killer, <laughs> killer icebergs? In the water. Oh, oh, yeah, that'd be, that would be scary. No, no, not because of climate change. Uh, icebergs have just got extinct now. Titanic won't happen these days, you know? Please save the icebergs. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, want to watch that. I think underwater, horror, underwater haunted house sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a give it a whirl. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, it seems like horror news is... I guess it's the post-Halloween slump where everyone's a bit like, hang on a minute, we've all had enough of this. Why turn it in? Why Stop it. Take yeah. your pumpkins in. Has everybody got rid of their pumpkins in a nice, safe manner? Or there's been a, oh, take them out to the woodland, let a deer have a go on one. Well, the woods around here are packed with uh, pumpkins. pumpkins. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the Deers have a have a go on them. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I I, I heard that. And I think it's the first year I kind of heard that. Let, take your take your pumpkin out and let the wildlife have a go on it. And it's a great idea. Yeah. Put them out in the garden. Yeah. Let the squirrels have a go. And then um, when they start well, to scrape what's left, <laughs> have a little nibble. <laughs> have a little nibble. Get in and around it. It's fun. It's it's food, but it's also like a bit of an adventure. Climb in, jumping through the eye hole, out through the yeah. mouth hole. If there's a Cinderella about, she might magic it into a uh, carriage. Yeah. yeah it's plus, the time of year for balls. There's going to be balls <laughs> left, right, and centre. Balls? Are we, talk- are we talking about Manscaped again? <laughs> no, this doesn't come through that sponsorship deal, so I'm not talking about them. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Other ball trimmers are available from, you know, dozens and dozens of companies. Balltrimmers.com. JML probably got one. Yeah, that's true. Ball trimmers. Yeah. A lot we've... The podcasting world must be ever so smooth, you know, because yeah. it seems like every podcast you listen to has got one of those ads on it. I'm just yeah, jealous. You got, you got that. You got your meals coming in like a pre-delivery box there. Everyone's yeah. got an Audible subscription. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do hate that advert, though, talking about the meals, because they try and say to you, oh, it's much more convenient. I'm like, no, it's not. They act like you, you they go, oh, you only use, you only get what you use. So it's like, yeah, but if you use a little bit of nutmeg or something, you don't go, I'll sling the rest of it away. <laughs> you save it, keep it in your cupboard, use it for dozens of meals. Not into we, that. Um, we yeah. get one every so often as a little uh, treat, and then you keep the um, keep the recipes. So like you've been inspired for a new new recipe. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I see. The recipes are good yourself. as well on some of them. Uh, there's like a, a, a chicken sauce one. I can't remember what it is, but it's one of the best, <laughs> best meals I've ever had. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, you can kind of pretend it's all down to you as well, even though what you're doing essentially is just. Well, I do get, get I get the cat to do that stuff. I wait in the living room. I, I watch putts, just like banging <laughs> yeah, yeah. The on the table like Henry VIII. I wash the pots. See, I wash the pots, and I feel like the washing the pots is definitely the worst job. I, I, because... I prefer it to cooking. I don't like cooking. It's too much, no. too much pressure and too much. Um, I don't know, like washing, waiting around for stuff to. Go yeah. different colours and cook. I tell you, I'm no, I'm no good at getting things to, to arrive at the same time. Like everything to fit, finish at the same time. I'm no good with that. That baffles me. That's like trying to build a time machine or something. I'm like, what the fuck? Not a bad, not a bad cook. <laughs> Is this the bad? When it comes again. to the washing. That's a quirk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the quirky oven. That's a quirk, <laughs> oven. When it comes to the, um, when it comes to the washing, though... There is no greater amount of bullshit than washing a pan that you've either had porridge or scrambled eggs in. The worst. Do you not? That, I mean, do you not just throw it away. Right. Throw away. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thrown anything away? Well, I, <laughs> I had a I had a friend who works in a pub, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I got to do the pots and all that. I got to wash all the pots." He goes, "I ate it, and sometimes plates are so dirty, I just smash them." <laughs> can the plate be so you just take it outside and smash it on the street and just go like is it like is it a separate wedding or something say, yeah, only whenever i've cooked greek food <laughs> we anyway, hey, uh, smashed the plate yeah. uh yeah so has anybody well we've already mentioned it but has anybody seen anything of note i've been well, catching up on a few bits but you go first luke i'll just quickly mention ant- antlers because we brought it up already. Antlers is a film. Um, it was written by Nick Antosca, based on a short story by him called The Quiet Boy. He's the guy behind uh, the Channel Zero 
TV shows. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's a bit of that. It's um, it's about a boy who who lives with his drug addicted dad and his younger brother uh, in like a small mining town, um, and it's like old coal mines, and then they're going to reopen them at some point. But right at the start, the dad um, gets attacked by something. Um, and then we don't see the dad for a little while. And the boy seems to be like living on his own, but he's like finding dead things on the floor and he's taking them back to the house. And there's like a door there that's locked. Um, and he keeps throwing like the dead things in there and feeding whatever is locked behind the door. So that's like the big mystery of it. At the same time, one of the teachers takes an active interest in his life and starts to like, because she's like, oh, he's getting, he's not eating anything. He's, he's dirty. He's got poo all over his knees. We're going to follow him to his house. And then obviously, like, uh, there's a whole thing with when the, the teacher finds out what's behind the door. It's also got Jesse Plemons in it. And he plays oh. Jesse Plemons in the way that Jesse Plemons plays every character. And it's amazing. He's just very, very good at that dry, um, dry or fortative cop. Do you ever see Game Night? He kind of plays the same kind of character in that. Okay. I didn't yeah. see that in there. But, I mean, um, it's, it's a good film. It, it's good... I'd say it's not amazing. It's not going to blow you blow your nipples off. Um, it's just going to slightly tickle them. <laughs> I feel like Depends what kind of mood I'm in. Suffered. Like it feels just the last month or so has been really the sharp end of everything that was delayed because COVID CC. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything has really now come to a head because now they're about half. It's gone from the being the cinemas being closed, and then mm-hmm. when they're open, there was a couple of things that were on like go back a couple like even like a month or so like there was shang chi that i wanted to go and see and that was great um and there were like there was like maybe one film at a time that was in but then from james bond onwards still haven't been to see that by the way um like the flood the floodgates have just opened and then there's yeah there's this there's antlers eternals is out um dune. like james bond dune like the Green Knight eventually turned up. Like there's tons oh, of stuff yeah. all at yeah. the same time, and I think I don't know. It depends if you live in a big enough place as a big enough cinema. But this, the you know today's film, I think has really suffered from it. Like the times that I could have seen this film were such bullshit, yeah, such absolutely <laughs> inconvenient times. Like it's either weekdays during the working day, yeah. Um, or I could have gone. No, there actually weren't any late night times. I could have, like I went at like eleven in the morning on Sunday. <laughs> oh God! And yeah. and for a time of year, which it is now, which eleven o'clock on a Sunday is one of the few times in the week when the sun is out. It's actually light. And it's not <laughs> dark outside. Like it'd be good to get those things that you need light to do done at that time. It is a bit um, weird that the screening times are so weird for, for last night. So I had to go at 10.45 at night, which is way, way past my bedtime. Oh, wow. That is, uh, that's super late. What time, yeah. did, what time did you get out? I think half one-ish. I got home oh. about two. Oh. It just, I don't know. Um, I don't know why they're making it so hard to go and watch it. I feel yeah. like it's, it should be a big, it's a big film, right? It's a big British film. Ed yeah. Wright, who's made only great films. Yeah, that's a bit strange. I, I guess I guess it's just the strategy behind it all, right? Like, you've got a certain amount of films, and I'm sh- like, they probably have done their maths on it. Like, you're going to get more people through to see Bond or June or whatever else. They just have to give that to the evening shows. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but I mean, we'll talk a bit more about 
last night in so in a sec what else have you you say you saw a few things yeah i've been uh doing some catching up on some well some re-watches and some catching up on some random bits and pieces so i took a leaf out of ben's book and i watched the first in the resident evil series yet again the other day um you know what i'm gonna say that i've actually like feel a bit more kind to it again now it went for a period of seeing it when i was very young and being like oh like this is the resident evil film but like now i think it's the best you could have done with resident evil without having to just do a carbon copy of the films and to do something different was good mila jelovich actually is like she is very capable at doing what she does i think she has some good action chops about it i think the things that hold the resident evil movie back are a lot of technical stuff it's um camera work it's the way that the lighting hits and i think then it's just the dialogue if you gave that (laughs) some better lighting and a couple of really quotable one-liners it's aliens (laughs) and also it could be be aliens mila jovovich pre superhuman superhero yeah character alice so i mean it it works in some ways i agree you know, it's all right. And then I watched a film called Countdown, which is not the TV show with letters and numbers. It's like Final Destination, but it's an app. Dead. Was this a Blumhouse? Yes, yeah. it's a Blumhouse one. I think, I, I think I've seen that too. It's got some Blum alums in there um, and <laughs> lots of a couple of Final Destination folks in there as well, which yeah. was, uh, you know what, it was... Blama lumps. Yeah, blama lumps. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very and good. It was, and it was just fine. And then there is a third mm. film I've seen, which I've in oh no, I was about to say I've instantly forgotten, which is a mark of its quality, but I've remembered it. Um I saw um Unfriended, the Dark Web. You know what? I take it back. It's actually pretty good. I've heard the Dark Web is pretty good. I've not seen it. The Dark Web good. one's good, yeah. I it's think not, I, it's not a ghosties like it is on the first one. It's no, Dark Web. It's bad, bad internet men. Bad internet, <laughs> internet men. Yeah, you uh, dial up. If you're on, if you've got to watch out, if you're on there, because the bad internet men, they're amongst it, and they'll get you. Yeah, yeah. That's all right though. It's all right though. I've got a lot of time, maybe more time than I should have for those kind of um, screen-based movies. I found it since the first Unfriended. Like, hmm. it's quite clever. I like it. Yeah. I'll watch it at some point. I, I, I would. I quite like the first one. I like all those kind of films. Yeah, um, I, I think it's good. But yeah, th- those are the things that I watched, and then I'm also picking my way again through the uh, Halloween series, so we can do our little ranking later on in the month. I had to catch up. I might just have to watch some Top Kill YouTube. Yeah, videos. just watch a feet. Um, what's it called? The Every Kill in the Halloween franchise videos ranked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, I'm not going to skip H to O. I'm not skipping out on ladies love cool James like that. But um... yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I know that, that Ben uh, played a certain game. How did it feel to play one of the best games ever made? <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little puzzle platformer. Inside, right? We're talking about inside. We're not talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, FIFA 
FIFA 18. <laughs> um, yeah, and like you guys said last week, a very interesting ending, unexpected ending, but yeah, I like the way it went. Um, this had fun with me, it. This reminds me of when I was trying to get Duncan, my friend, to play it for about two years. I was like bigging it up so much. And then when he played it, it was like, yeah, that's, that's, it was all right. And like, I can't, I don't understand <laughs> because when I played it and the same yeah, yeah, yeah. I played it subsequently, it's like... I'll tell you what, though, some... some there is a sense of achievement when you get past certain parts where you're just like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? Like, Oh my God. And then you work it out and then you're like, that's impossible. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to, Oh, I've done it. Yeah, <laughs> is that, that sort of that, like, there were a few bits where I was just, it took me a while to, what to, you, what was your reaction to getting into that last, the last section, Ben? As soon as it kind of happened, I, I was like, Right. Okay. I see what's going on here. I mean, that's pretty gruesome and disgusting and yeah, weird, just weird, I guess. And a bit of a, uh, one of those endings, a very quiet, solemn ending as well, where you're like, Oh, well, there we go. Have you done the additional yeah. ending? Is that an additional collect, ending? You collect all the plug things, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I only found like maybe three of those plug things. So you unplug all the plugs and then it gives you, I think you can then get a code and it's a sound code and you go back to near the very start of the game and you can do the, do the code if you know it. You can put the code in there and it takes you to a final plug. And if you unplug it, then the boy just goes all floppy and limp like the other sort of zombie people that you see. There's a, metaphor, limp, man. There's, a, there's a metaphor in there about how you were having control of the thing. Yeah. So are you the force? Yeah, I think there's a story. There is a kind of understanding where you're like, maybe, like, who was controlling this guy all along? Was he, was he, did he have free will or was he being controlled? But so I don't want to spoil it because people might go and want to play it. So, but also, the atmosphere and the tone, I just feel like it's, I don't know, I, I feel like it, it, it nails. Why it does so well? Uh, that, like, obviously, it's a side scroll, not not side scroller, but like a platformer. Where you can only go. Um, what axis is that? The Wait, that y axis. Um, like X, X, X and Y, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the amount of times I tried to just <laughs> go a different way, like like come towards the screen or away from it, was like literally probably every four or five minutes. So have, I was you, like, played, oh, have you played a little nightmares because that is. It yeah, it looks like it's um, that perspective, yeah. but you can go across yeah. that axis. As I played well. li- played little nightmares, yeah. Um, yeah, and a completely different experience. I've gone back to Doom Eternal this week because there was an oh, update. Yeah. There was like a patch, update six point six six, obviously. Um, and there's a few new game modes. One called Horde Mode, which is uh, oh my god, unforgiving. I feel like I just go into a certain state like in my brain, which I only go into when I play Doom Eternal, because I feel like I'm good at it. Like, and I'm not good at shooters, but for some reason, something happens where I just like snap into this. I, I don't know what it is. I'm just like, yeah, well, you should I'm be an e- e-sportist. You should and Charlie's like, just like, your face, your face when you're playing is like, like the Doom guy <laughs> face. It transforms. Yeah, fucking hell, right, right. You've got like bleeding eyes <laughs> like that person at the end of VHS 93. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, it is, it is tough. It, it is tough, though. I completed the Ancient Gods, which is like a DLC, and I, I haven't started part two yet, but 
my god, it's just so difficult. So so intense. I started the DLC. So intense. I was like, I'm having no fun. I need to like because it's been months since I finished the campaign. So I was like, I've gone shit at this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. The thing. It took me a while. I I I took the difficulty all the way down to like, don't hurt me, mummy, or whatever it's called. Had a little bit of a practice, and then slowly, slowly bumped it up until I felt comfortable again. But yeah. It's so much, yeah. With, it's uh, a... Hard games. I was thinking about Returnal. I really want to play that because it looks amazing and the soundtrack's amazing yeah. and I love the whole vibe, but it looks really hard. Oh, I definitely can have a good time with it. I picked, I picked yeah. it up on eBay and have um, put it on my shelf while uh, you know for, while it gets cheaper elsewhere to not have time to play. Yeah. Did I tell you I've been playing Last of Us 2? You did. You did. Okay. You did. Still enjoying so... it? Still enjoying it. Still, still, apparently, quite early on. I'm like ten hours in, um, okay. and it's so it's really good, really creepy at times. I love like going deeper into this post-apocalyptic Seattle and uh, exploring these buildings. Some people have just started whistling at me. I think they're probably good guys. Um, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've started watching a playthrough of somebody play that like for the first time just so i can watch their reactions to certain moments yeah yeah pretty uh pretty exciting stuff good film um is that everything I've, just the film of the week or just so, film of the week? oh sorry the only other thing i've i've nearly finished midnight mass now um oh, yeah. i think yeah. i've got maybe i think i've got two episodes left to go uh yeah really good um a bit like do you know how like it's preachy in a way where <laughs> obviously it's supposed to be because of the subject matter and the fact so that you get on as a priest about so preachy those guys <laughs> ever so preachy and that is got to a point now where i am definitely like all right we know <laughs> wind it turn it in just a bit i mean there are a lot of monologues aren't they like a lot where almost where people don't initially it feels kind of right and it's really well written really well written yeah but now it's getting to the point where i'm like people don't talk like this there, there are more pressing matters. People need to communicate in different ways. What's it, going on? It feels like sometimes when you when you're writing stuff, you just write a lot to try and get into the flow and, and try and find something to talk about. But most of the times, you delete like ninety percent of that and just keep the 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 fun like the fundamental idea of what they're trying to say. It's all left in. Yeah, Mike's left it all in. <laughs> but there's there's one bit where two characters just start talking about what they think death is, and I'm like. Everyone brings what? that up. Everyone brings that. Was that the one that for me. That's the one that yeah. gets everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm like, okay, I understand. But at the same time, this is like quarter of an episode. But you know? it does end well, though, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And but I think I just... that they, they do pay it off later on. It makes sense why it happens later. Yeah. But literally everybody thinks everything that happens in this, act of God. What's that? Act of God. What about that over there? Act of God. Oh, I told you, I think it yeah. works. It works <laughs> if they live in a reality where there is no vampire fiction. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, we can't, we can't go into spoilers. I get what we have done before, but maybe we can't rehash the spoilers. I don't know. No, no, spoil, don't do we that. Can't, we can't spoil it specifically for Ben. See, it's at the end. Yeah. Don't spoil it specifically the, for Ben. The listeners me, no. had it spoiled and Ben wasn't here the other week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that, that is it. Apart from the film of the week, last night in Soho. Last night in Soho. Uh, 
Last Night in Soho is a 2021 British psychological horror film directed by Edgar Wright. Film stars Thomasin McKenzie, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, uh, Michael Ajayo, um, Diana Rigg, Terence Stamp, some classics in there. Um, an aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she accounts a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker. Yeah. Um, so ratings for this one are fairly decent. IMDb is at 7.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is 75% critic score, 90% user score. Uh, which I think might be on the hmm. lower end for Edgar Wright movies. Uh, Letterbox is at 3.6. Um, so again, I think maybe a bit lower for, for an Edgar Wright movie. Um, one guy, Josh Lewis, said um, everything about this is... He actually had quite a long review, but I've just picked out the first couple of sentences because I think it's like the what he's trying to say. Everything about how this has been self-consciously stylized makes it far too cute and polished to enter the ugly and surreal realm that a movie like this needs to get to it feels like a little boy playing dress up polanski argento and i'm sorry if this is insensitive but insensitive but these movies had a certain kind of unsettlingly raw dirty power to them that last night in soho doesn't have um but then again tani naruti said every time i watch an egg right movie i remember why i fell in love with movies and last night in soho gave me that feeling and more five stars and then bev ben Put damn you, Edgar Wright, half a star. Oh, so, Bev, Bev Ben. Bev Interesting. Ben. Yeah. Nice. I mean, from the first review in particular, I mean, I see what you're talking about from a film perspective, but don't emulate Roman Polanski too much. Well, it, it, yeah, it, they go into that, and the comments are all saying that. But I, I understand what what he's saying. Um, well, we get into that in, in, in the review side of it, I guess. Uh, but. Yeah, it How did seem you... to be gathering like a mixed bag, right? Like it's, I think it's very polarizing. I saw um, yeah. uh, our good friend Georgie was talking about it today on on the Twitters, in fact, saying that the film seems to have been designed to cause a big rift between her and one of her friends because one of them loves it and the other one really hated it. What did Georgie think? Yeah. Uh, George, I asked her. She confirmed that she loved it. I think it's an amazing film. I mean. I feel like I'm predisposed to loving it because I like worked in Soho for a bit and I love like seeing places. Uh, and I, the thing about when you're walking through Soho and anywhere in London, you do find yourself looking at the facades of buildings and thinking, Oh wow, that what would be, that been like in the sixties or, uh, or through Carnaby street and thinking how things have changed. And I think me and Ben, the first time we met in person was in Soho for a bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the sixties. In the sixties. Yeah. In the sixties. And we both had long, luxurious hair. Yeah, styled like a teddy boy, <laughs> like styled like Matt boy. Smith. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly like that. Um, yeah, we're in the background of some of those scenes if you look care- carefully. Yeah. Also in the back of dancers. Also, I <laughs> am pretty special of Edgar Wright movies. He's probably hmm. one of my favourite directors. Um, I just love everything that he does, and yet for some reason I wasn't like blown away with this. I don't know. It felt a little bit, clean, yeah. a little bit too polished it, i know what you mean I, I think the last few movies of edgar wright have gradually got more and more polished more and more clean where it's almost like it kind of it loses that sort of edgar wright um i feel like i always describe things as having a flavor but it loses a bit of that classic edgar wright flavor where i'm like okay i can watch a minute of this and i know it's edgar wright but i think as 
maybe it started losing it with he started losing it with um, Scott Pilgrim because he's making a movie based on something that exists already, a comic. Um, I still feel like that's got it. It's got like, the visual gags though. And I think it's yeah. maybe this isn't a comedy. This is like yeah. a straight up thriller horror. I think maybe it lost it just a tad, just a tiny bit for me at least. Maybe like yeah. 10-15%. And then with Baby Driver, it felt like it was because it was US set and it had a, 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 a big US cast. Again, it started feeling like it was losing it a bit. And then this one, even more so, even though it's yeah. set in the UK. It's weird because I, I know what you mean. And I'm, that's kind of maybe what's put me at arm's length a little bit with it. But I'm quite excited to see where Garite goes in the future. It feels like he's he's trying new things. He's, you know, exploring a bit more. Mm. Uh, what about you, Andy? Are you, how are yeah, you? Yeah, I, I think my, my feelings of Edgar Wright films have always been really strong. I do agree with you, but I think that I am more in tune with his comedy things that he's, that he's done in particular. I think the, the thing is about it, not only has he changed, but I think we have changed over time as well. Like, I yeah. think if you look back at some of his early stuff, like when he was doing, you know, when he was working on Spaced and when he was working on Shaun of the Dead, I think is a great example. I would say when that came out, I was really into that film and I watched it multiple times. And then I was less into Hot Fuzz when it came out. Going back now and watching it, you know, a decade and more later, yeah. Hot Fuzz is probably my favorite film as exactly, he's done. Exactly the same as that, me as that he's oh, done. Yeah. I didn't hmm. resonate as yeah. much with the world's end. I think I've only seen it the once. Maybe I'm. Maybe that's letting me down. Maybe if I go back and watch it, that's my favourite now. Another ten years, you know. Maybe now more time has passed. But other stuff as well, like I guess for the newer stuff, it hasn't had. Especially when you're moving away from that comedy element, it doesn't necessarily have that that cult factor or that rewatchability to it. Like I found Baby Driver. Um, like a good movie, I, I enjoyed it. I sat through it, but I have no need to ever watch it again. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's just one of those that happens. And the thing that always gets my Edgar Wright is he has a good command of music, and you know, having real, um, you know, having the music and the soundtrack as a real story beat in the in, in your in his films as well. And I think that element in this film would mean I could pick it out as something that he had done because it, it's used very deliberately here as well. Um, we'll come into it and we go through. I, I, I enjoyed this film a lot, but I think it there are elements of it where I wasn't sure what its identity was for a while. We said at the top, it's an, like, I think as we got through an hour in, I looked, I looked at my watch and okay, this has been going for an hour. I thought, have we fucked this? Have we announced that we're doing this on a horror podcast and it's not a horror movie? Um, and then, it, and then it, and then it, you know, quickly gets those horror elements that come in. But it's an awfully long time before before that comes to life. And it, I don't know if that's a problem with it, if that's a pacing issue with it. I will say also, I think that's when I it kind of lost me a bit when it went a bit more standard standard horror. Mm. A bit. I don't know. I just. You know when you there's the 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 zombie people. Yeah, the goo. By the way, there's gonna be spoilers in this. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, full spoilers for everyone. There's like zombie people. Uh I feel like that's like a bit of an incorrect trope. Uh that I was like, I don't know, that just doesn't isn't really working for me. It, it seems a little bit goofy. <laughs> yeah. Um but I don't uh, know. Yeah, I like that. Sorry, go on. 
I do kind of like how they they weren't straight up zombies, were they? They were kind of like these weird, blurry, not quite there, shouty, shouty blokes in pants and vest, <laughs> which is pretty much what they were. Yeah, um, I guess they weren't disgusted, but it didn't seem to go far enough to be scary. I don't think I was ever scared in this film. I don't think it's a, it feels almost like a kids horror movie. In a in a weird way, even though I wouldn't recommend a kid to watch it because of the content. <laughs> but yeah. in terms of like the, the the ghouls and stuff, they look like kids horror movie villains more than yeah. more than there to, to genuinely disgust or, or terrify someone. Yeah, I think the ghoulies that you got in this that happen. Um, you're right; it's the content and the context that gives it an, an adult spin you would have the, the the way they visually represented some of the ghosts. You could chuck those guys in an episode of Doctor Who. You'd be fine. Exactly. And the yeah. Doctor Who's on, on the on the bloody programme. I'd forgotten about it. There he is. But then on the other on the other hand, if they were like super gory, gruesome ghosts, do you think that would have worked? Well, well does that, give, well, does that, does that give away the story of it? Because yeah. as they appear, it's their it's their presence as a nightmare before they're yeah. fully explained you kind of need to see them as faded you know what I, I think it is i think there's um a disparity between the context of the film and it being set in soho Soho is meant to have like a really dirty seedy side uh, and the horror should probably reflect that a little bit more but the horror doesn't the horror is quite tame and it feels like maybe the horror should be almost unsettling in its seedy dirtiness uh, to sort of mm. thematically tie together a bit more. Thematically, without getting to the ending, which we'll yeah. come to in time, do you think it would have been more effective uh, and horrific if it had been, if the you know if the victims and the the perpetrators had been straightforward as it was set up uh, to begin with, if it had been the really bad people were who you expected them to be and the victims are who you expected to be. Would that have really hit that underground sort of seediness that you were thinking? I guess, I guess despite that sort of fake out and that little flip reverse, hmm. the victims and the are, are still kind of, it depends where you fall in that because I was still like, well, regardless of what she's trying to do now as a character, again, not trying to spoil anything at this stage, um, it still kind of felt like that. It still felt like they were the bad people. I didn't feel so much that they were victims. It was almost like, oh, I see. You got it, did you? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it does try and it do, does try and paint it like that. It definitely tries to um there's a there's a lot of stuff about like interesting stuff about gender in this film as well. Like obviously having a, a young woman go to the big city for the first time and seeing it through her eyes and seeing the sort of any sort of misogyny she experiences and then going back to the sixties and experiencing the misogyny through Sandy's eyes and the world she sort of gets embroiled in. Um, and I think it does enough for both of them as characters that when certain things happen and, and certain things are revealed that you kind of understand where it's coming from. But I think it's definitely, even though those horror elements felt a bit cliche at times, I felt like it was telling a more interesting story than perhaps another film with these sort of scares, scares, you know, but you know what I mean with the ghoulies and the appearing and the visions and the, a lot of things that get on my nerves in horror films. 
were present here, but didn't get on my nerves so much because it, it felt like it had a, a much more refined directorial um, style attached to it. So there was even a dream within a dream moment where someone awakes from a dream and then awakes again. And usually that, get, that gets on my nerves so much. But this time I was a bit like, see, that's how it's, that's how it is done right. Because... Yeah. Is it because, like, do you think you forgive it a bit more because this film is about dreams? You know, they're having dreams. Yeah. It's not like a nightmare that just is... Yeah, at that point, to... she's, like, slipping between the dream world and the, and the waking world a bit more fluidly. Hmm. I know? just think it's a lot more refined. It's a lot more imaginative um, with the things it... With, the, I guess, a lot of overdone things it tries to do, but it tries to do it in a slight... Give a slightly different spin. I think you can never. You could never say Edgar Wright does anything lazy. Like every every little nook and cranny is so polished and oh and yeah. Together, um, there were so many moments where I was just like, I'd love to know how that was shot, or I bet I bet it's all in camera, like stuff that looks like well, the perhaps between is between the between the actors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff that looks like it isn't in camera. You like you know it's in camera because yeah. it just feel it feels like that. It feels. It feels real, I guess. Performance-wise as well, like there's some nice characters, there's some great work that goes that goes into it. Like Anya Taylor-Joy in particular is, you know, it's a someone whose star continues to be on the rise with everything that you, you tend to see her in, right? Um, mm. And you go back to that old phrase, wasn't she told apparently in earlier audition, auditions that she didn't have the looks to be like a, a lead actor, whereas it's, uh, you know, whoever said that, fucking eating it now, I guess. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Shit. She command, yeah. I think she commands this film. This film is like, every time she's on screen, it is like, obviously like it's, the film what's her name thomasin mckenzie thomasin mckenzie i mean I really like, like not, it's not to take anything away from her yeah. like she does no. great work as like Awkward, the you know the, the in the yeah. in picture and she has a lot of range that's in it but um you know let's not focus just on the main two characters obviously michael ajo he's a sweetheart isn't he mvp the nicest man can you believe that that's that... gonna be a heel turn <laughs> Uh, oh no 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 no! Surely not. I, I was I was worried, but uh, uh, so Michael Ajeo played Mayhem in Attack the Block. If you remember, obviously me and Luke covered that in an episode. Oh yeah, two, yeah. two little kids who hide in yeah. a skip. So that's ten years ago. He was like, I guess ten. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's in this. Like that's like that's insane. Yeah. Um, he's brilliant. He, I thought he was uh, like the character was a nice bit of relief from all the grubbiness of the rest of the things. Like, oh, you're just nice. I'd have just watched a film where yeah, get on. Oh, yeah, that would have been nice. Um, because there's, like, the classic twat character as well. Uh, what's her name? Oh, um, Jocasta. 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 Oh, piece of Jocasta. shit. Piece I mean, of shit, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. She, I mean, she didn't get much of a comeuppance. I was a bit disappointed in that. Yeah, yeah in the end, she wanted to get stabbed with those like, She, like, waves... Yeah, I guess like she respects her now. She's like, yeah, if you almost shank someone in a library and stab well them done. with scissors, then it's well like, done. You'd, yeah. you'd done a good oh, fashion. You'd done stop. a good fashion. I'll stop making fun of you in the toilets now. I guess Nave Nave. Oh yeah, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, but, an but um, but at the same time, like. I think um, Thomasin, what, sorry, what's her name? Ellie deals with that very well, which I think if I moved into that scenario where, it, where I had to share a room with a twat, move out straight away, see you later. Quietly in the night, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so Ellie Turner, uh, the actress, Thomas McKenzie, is from New Zealand. She puts on a sort of Gloucester uh, West Country yeah. accent. Is that? I mean, I'm not from that area. Would you area accept, then, would you accept more... that, Ben? You're from closer. I mean, yeah. that's not Red so, Roof, a Cornish accent. So her family's supposed to be from Cornwall, is that right? Um, that's right. Yeah. It's almost like she's doing like a TV version of that. Okay. You know, like we we want to hear, you know, because in the trailers, I thought she sounded a bit like she was doing that sort of weird, wishy-washy indie singer London oh, voice. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, but then, and I was a bit like, I hope she doesn't sound like that throughout the whole film, and it was a little bit dulled down in this. Um, but when her nan's on the screen, that's proper Cornish. Yeah, yeah. What's going on here then? I can't believe it. <laughs> We're in London, the big city. Oh no. Yeah. Like that. Which is uh which is lovely. Also um, uh, Diana Rigg. Is it is this uh yeah. last yeah. film? I think there's a little dedication to it at the start of the film. Yeah. Um Terence Stamp as well. I was gonna say as a certain character, but that's not how it pans out. Matt Smith as well. Um a lot, a lot of like my uh, smaller parts, and everyone's everyone does really well, I think. Yeah. So it starts with um, a music sequence where Eloise is like dancing, um, doing impressions of bre- Breakfast at Tiffany's and stuff. And she's doing it all whilst wearing listen sixties music and wearing like a a dress made out of newspaper, which I thought was really cool. No wonder um, she got into bloody fashion school. She can make dresses like that out of newspaper. I can't make an aeroplane. Well, no one's asking you to make an aeroplane. Paper, maybe. <laughs> Can you make a Boeing 747 out of this board sheet? I'll give it a, I'll give it a good go. Yeah. I'll give it a go. What newspaper was it, though? Was it the Sun? <laughs> Wiped your ass on it afterwards as well. Yeah. We learned pretty soon on that she's got, like, psychic abilities. Um, she can see her, her dead mum in the mirror. Ghost mum. Yeah. Ghost mum. She doesn't say anything. Doesn't even... It's very cre- the creepiest part of the film, I'd say. Creepy mum poking her face into the bedroom. Yeah, because initially, initially it was like, "Someone comes, goes to the post." Cheers, mum. Yeah, <laughs> it's the post, <laughs> and you get, and you go down, and it's just like a thing about like from a gardener or something. I could do your garden. What ghost mum? What are you doing, like telling that? me about this? What waste of time? Could relax, mom. could you? If ghost you had a ghost mum, to tell you the most benign thing, couldn't relax. Time is going to go off on the oven. Imagine oh, if, like, no, <laughs> you go through your day, and at, at some point, your mum may or may not be watching you. <laughs> you couldn't get on with your normal day. You couldn't get on with your day. I'm, I'm sorry to sorry to say this, but like, I don't know if you're defecated, for example, and you're having a particularly tough time about it. <laughs> you know, when you're like, say, mum's not here. Bloody hell. <laughs> Bloody hell, I'm working up a sweat here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to have to take this T-shirt off. The, most <laughs> the lowest point of your life. You, you fall asleep naked on the in the middle of a dance floor or something. Feed <laughs> yourself in the middle of an exam. Yeah. Yeah. You look in the in the mirror, see your mum staring well, at you. That's it, though. You've got to make sure that you've, you've got to make sure that in any places where there might be embarrassing things that they're going to not near a mirror because ghost mum lives in the same dimension as Candyman. Oh, exactly. yeah. Yeah. I do hate, I do always feel a bit freaked out, you know, when somebody dies and then try, trying to and make them feel. 
make them feel, you know, someone's trying to make them feel better. And they go, oh, don't worry, they'll, they'll always be with you and they'll always be watching. I'm like, yeah. I hope not. <laughs> really hope not. Through <laughs> little, through newspaper. What, you, what are you doing over there? <laughs> are you watching Only Wales Essex? Thinking no one knows. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Wait till you get up here. Ghosts will be able to spoil it for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen it all. They've always got a plane up here. Oh, damn yeah, oh, they're going to get back together. Oh, mom, ghost mom. <laughs> ghost mom for fun. She doesn't say a lot, though, so she'd have to do it in with like, little facial expressions. Yeah. So, yeah. ghost mom correctly <laughs> When the baddie comes on screen. He's <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, ghost mom correctly predicts that um, Ellie has been let into the uh, London College of Fashion, I think it is. Yeah. Um, mm. So, she... Packs everything up. She pulls a drawer full of socks into a bag. Takes all of the so grandma's records. All of the silver black records. Classic yeah. move. No, her grandma black was in. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was about to do a silver black impression. What did, what did she say? Tara the wolf. Laura Laura laughs. Surprise, 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 surprise. <laughs> um, also, takes all the bloody records. Her mum's, her, her grandma's not going to be able to listen to anything. Just accept yeah. her own faults. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> she ain't got Spotify. Yeah. And you'd think, though, with her Beats by Dre headphones, that, um, that Ellie's probably got, like, streaming stuff. She's not going to listen to those records, naturally, because she listens to them on the train. She hasn't got, like, like the record player cranked up. Fucking wow, 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 Dusty Springfield. <laughs> Ticket to the Matthews Bridge. <laughs> New Limp Biscuit album. But, yeah, she takes... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she takes she takes all the nuns' records, um, and then you know, I'll take this picture of me of us all together. And she goes, oh, I'll I'll send for that when I'm settled in." And then she gives it to her outside. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll take it anyway." Yeah. You know, what I quite so I quite liked about this movie. Sorry to jump in there. Is that like the family photos looked real? You know, in a lot of movies, when you see the family photos, they've been photoshopped within an inch of their lives. Like, yeah. they've got, like, an, a young photo of someone superimposed onto, onto, like, a school kid's head or something. Yeah. At least these look real. It looked like they kind of went out and took some photos. It didn't yeah. look like A wobble nonsense. face. Just a little... <laughs> a little wobble yeah. face. A face. Uh, someone's painted a face on an egg and just put it in a picture. <laughs> they all look like pre-serum, like Captain America, Steve Rogers, the little tiny body. <laughs> That yeah, that yeah, exactly. When he just oh yeah, I hate that. Like I hate that when it shows. Fo- I'm like, just don't show the photo because it's literally taken me out of the movie by showing me some shitty photoshopped photo. Quite, Sorry, uh, someone like, patinated, wasn't it? The photo, the glass was a little bit slimy, not slimy, shiny, so you couldn't quite see it. So they, I think they kind of uh, yeah the covered the tracks a bit. But they did a nice, right. Yeah, nice scene where she goes to London uh, on the train. Uh, and it really sort of captured whenever you do go to London on a train, when the sort of the passage from countryside to buildings getting slightly bigger and bigger and, and more and more people train gets get on the train yeah. looking more and more tired and angry. And then um, she gets off in Piccadilly Circus, I think, gets a taxi from a creepy guy who starts like complimenting on her legs. When I was in London, that only happened like once or twice. So to get it right from the get go. Uh, the, the first guy, taxi driver. Yeah. The guy um, 
he kind of waits, like he makes a few yeah. odd. It's very strange. Yeah, statements. He's kind of a bit creepy, isn't he? So he's been creepy and gone, or really, yeah, you'd be a model with legs like that, and then he yeah. says, "Oh, you have your first stalker." And then it's uh, she wants to get out, and he kind of makes a fuss about it, right? She's like, "Oh no, it's too dangerous. Sorry, I'll drop you off. I haven't got enough money. Oh, I'm sure we'll work something out. Want to go to the fucking shop then? <laughs> Want to go to the fucking shop to get a can of coke? And this can of coke's going to get more screen time in this film than any other product." Cornell. Cornell. Yeah, you, that would have been great. That would have been like the um, Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he points at the screen. <laughs> Cornell. Um, yeah, and then she goes and moves into some halls. So at the London College of Fashion, moves into some halls. Uh, a roommate's like a, a right knobhead. Yeah. Remember that like, hostel that we stayed in that time? Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, I, do, I, I do remember that, yeah. It was like that. <laughs> People were just having a full-blown conversation on the phone in the middle of the night. Yeah, Hello? Yeah, yeah. What's that? <laughs> Who's this? Oh, I'm just in some shitty hostel. The two bold twats. <laughs> either side of me. Um, we went down for film festival or, or something like that, um, and we stayed in a little... It was like £30 a night, which is pretty cheap for London. But like it was, uh, you know, like in Japan, they have capsule hotels. Yeah. It was like that, but there were no walls. So all the <laughs> were just like beds next to <laughs> Bunk beds. Yeah, it was like that. It was, yeah, very strange. Is but that type yeah. of thing works in Japan because everyone is so quiet and polite. <laughs> it's not in, not here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, like this is it. Share with you, lot. Oh. Also, so... <laughs> Yeah, but this this is a pretty much a nightmare where obviously she's staying with I mean fair enough she's gone to a college of fashion and people are going to want a party but you know it, it is a bit too much. I mean m- maybe when I was younger I'd have been like this looks like fun but now age 34 I was looking at it thinking oh my god what a horrendous. nightmare. Yeah. Horrendous. You you've got to start your classes in the morning you bloody idiots. Come on. You bloody idiots. Come on. Stay past state. What are you doing? Leaving to go out now? Is that past state? <laughs> yeah uh, um they go to some uh, pubs clubs in 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 and around soho or london wherever they are and they go back to she goes back to her place puts on yep. her headphones lists the music that's like her comfort zone and i think jocasta storms in and is about to have it off with this guy she launches her bra or pants right into the thingy's face <laughs> yeah so it's like right i'll go out to the party then shall i yeah. Well, that's that, she just goes. I'll go and sit in the what the communal area, and is a fucking party going on. So she wraps herself up in a duvet burrito. Annoying. Someone takes her headphones off her head. That's annoying in any situation. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. What are you listening right. to? And she goes, "Nothing now." Yeah. yeah. Good comeback, though. Uh, if anyone deserved yeah. to be stabbed to death in the past, it was that guy. Yeah. That's there's no need for that. But obviously, um, John is is milling about. He, we've seen him a couple of times already, but he kind of says to her, um. What does he say? He kind of warns the guy off well, in a sort of friendly like banter guy, way. He's, he's like, oh, you're saying that music's crap. You listen to some right old shit. Listen to Right some... old shit. Mr. Blobby. Like, yeah, Mr. Blobby. <laughs> and he also... The guy basically sucks. Mr. Blobby's all right. The follow-up single wasn't very good, but as he walks away, you hear him humming it. <laughs> yeah, um, so he's off, um, but... I mean, thankfully, this is the worst thing he does in the film. But um, John's bloody drunk a coke, hasn't hasn't doesn't he? Oh, yeah, it's got a name written on written on it in Sharpie as well. Classic so, mayhem move. 
Sorry, I've <laughs> a classic mayhem move. I've drunk your tinny. Ah, I'd be like, "Why you drink my tinny for? Everyone's getting lashed up here. What are you doing drinking a little can of coke for?" He likes the way it makes his teeth feel furry. Oh, yeah. lovely. Well, well, he knows that he's got to start college the next day, though. So he's like, "I'll just have a tinny of coke. That'll perk me up." Pretty good idea. Full of electrolytes. <laughs> Yeah. And he put, oh, you know what though? You can't blame John for it because Coke has run that whole campaign where it's just randomly got names, you know, share a Coke. Oh, yeah. So and so. Yeah. Goes, oh, this is just the way it's come from the shop. Share a Coke with Ellie. I mean, really sharp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, never share a Coke with John. This is a random Coke. I just drink it up. Yeah. This is annoying as well because, like, then it cuts to her, like, waking up and realizing she's late. Did no one wake her up? Like, anyone? Because they all seem to go to the same college and it seems like they're all in the same lecture. I, I Why didn't you that even if you had broken if you had broken sleep even and she was a bit tired from being woken up, you would surely wake up when you were sat bolt upright on a thing. You are yeah. naturally awoken quite uncomfortable and quite early. Yeah. You're gonna have the stiffest neck yeah. known to man. Is it, is it, Which is a bit gonna be pleasant. She legs it in and gets to college just in time for her name to be called and thinks it's a question. Very funny, but a bit naive because she she I'm pretty sure that even Cornwall people are familiar with a register (laughs) university. Also, maybe universities changed since I went there, but I'm pretty sure didn't give a shit who was there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe because the first one, I don't know. I think they even preferred it when people didn't turn up. Yeah, the university's like, have you paid your fees? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Now you do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And if you just about managed to get a degree, good for you. Yeah. Well done, show off. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she pretty much moves out there and then, right? She sees her. Well, because I think she goes on another. Well, no, no. It was that night that when she went on that night out, she went in the toilet and she heard Jocasta and all the other girls kind of like saying she was. Oh, yeah, because it's revealed early on that her ghost mom is a ghost because she has killed herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She had mental health problems and, and is now. And is now dead. She ghost. also went to London to do fashion, I think, or something. Yeah. And it was all she too did. much. It was all too someone, much for her. Someone drank her can of Coke as well. That's it. Yeah. I had a really long day. Oh, it's okay. I've got that Coke at home. John! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't take it anymore. Um, so, so and yeah, and she hears Jocasta like, oh, I bet she slashes her wrist at the end of the week. So, mm. Jocasta, stone cold bitch number one. Um, thinks right. I'm yeah, not living shit. with this. I'm not living with this dickhead. And she gets, she sees a card about um, a room for rent, but women only. Um, in, Go- in Gooch Place, Gooch Street. Been to Gooch uh, Street. Yeah, it's like Fitzrovia, I think. Right. Oh yeah. Lovely down there. Yeah, um, and it's like an old. You know what? It's one of those houses <laughs> that like. It's like a bit of a townhouse, terrace, treehouse, pretty bog standard in a way. But like, it'd be worth like two million pounds or yeah, something now. Because <laughs> how many? It's got of money. Yeah. How many floors has it got? I think it's just the two floors. Oh no, I think it's three, maybe three floors actually. Yeah, um, good. A big up and down house, and it's got like a a bed sitting in it, and uh, 
Mrs. Collins got it for a steal, bought it for buttons, she said. Yeah. I was like, what, literal buttons? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, not a... a rich homeowner was like, oh, my jacket's broken. I'll do. I'll trade anything for some buttons for this. Uh-huh. She rumbles. Got any buttons? <laughs> Got any buttons? But it's pretty much <clears throat> absolutely ideal for Ellie, who likes things a little bit, um, a little bit old school, a little bit um, got a bit of character. There's like a cafe like um sort of a french restaurant next door which has got uh, these neon blue and red lights flashing constantly drape i guess that kind of oh, in yeah. the trailer i was a bit like i wonder why everything's red and blue that's obviously why um kind of makes sense is that is the, that's the same as in the 60s is right it's the, the same lights um constantly flashing like metronomically between blue yeah. and, and red yeah. Neon lights peaked in the 60s and have not changed a day since. No, yeah. don't change them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she pretty much loves it. She moves in straight away. Um, there are a few rules, though, which are no male visitors after 8pm, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, you know, uh, fair enough. EastEnders is on. What, what, what else are the rules? Don't fuck off in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't think that's one of them. Give me, give me a whole year's rent. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Two months yeah. rent. Jesus Christ. Two months rent plus two months deposit. <laughs> I'd just be like, do you think I am? I is made of money? Is that what you're thinking? But, you know. Um, yeah, so she wants to. There is another rule, though. Um, apart from the no men. No smoking. Uh, no smoking. No smoking. Yeah. Don't bloody smoke because. But she's. But we, as we find out in a little bit later, she smokes. All the rules are important. They all come back. These are Chekhov's rules. And to, and she's got loads of <laughs> sticking around. Yeah. But yeah. um. Yeah. So I don't know when the first dream sequence is. I, I think know. it just. I think it pretty much just happens that night, doesn't it? She that like. Time. Get, yeah. She yeah. gets settled in, in her gym jams. Um, and does does that thing? She does this a lot in this film. And I know it's probably just representing her falling asleep. But does that thing where she goes good night immediately asleep? <laughs> and then she just look, that doesn't happen to anyone, all right? And you're showing off if it does. I, can I, wish do I that. could do that. I do that. You can do that. Can't get that annoyed at me because she says as soon as I say I'm going to sleep, I'm That's like it. within seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I think I'm mostly the same, but I think it's because I only say I'm going to sleep when I know I am going to sleep. That's it. You're There's no like fading out with your last breath, like yeah, you're going to sleep, <laughs> sleep now. I think I, I think I'll go to sleep now. Yeah, yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And I always okay. do. You get that thing where you like falling. What's it called? Yeah. Oh, like, hey. like Jesus you know, okay. fucking Christ has fallen yeah. off the edge of a fucking cliff. Oh, oh, I'm in bed. I'm in bed. Am I? <laughs> the opposite. Like when it's bedtime, it's like right, going to sleep now. And then you turn round and it's like. I wonder if I know the entire like plot word for word of this thing that I have not thought about for years. That's oh up. yeah, I hate or that. Like, or like yeah, in, that bed, sometimes. Like, in bed, like, do you remember rare. an argument you had ten years ago? What could you have said differently? You know, no. the thing is, like, if I do have, if I do feel like that now, I just, I just get up and just because uh, I realize if I try and force the sleep, I, I just get worse and worse. Yeah. And I just can't, can't do it. No. You can never force to sleep. If I eat something, if I drink some milk and read a book or something, eventually I'll pass out. A little bit of milk, warm milk. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, no, I don't think I'd put much effort into it. Little, little baby boy. Get Horlix. <laughs> oh, Horlix. That's good stuff. It just never mixes well. Yes, it's no. that's almost like cooking. It's too much like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> what are you cooking in there? I'm just stirring a whole eggs. Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. Spoon full of mellow birds and then straight to sleep. <laughs> um, so it does. We get like a, a few of the Edgar Wright uh, cinema tricks here. Although this, I'm pretty much sure this bit was in Eternal Sunshine, where you, you drape the covers over you. And yeah, you're in an endless under. Yeah, it was. Thing. Yeah, uh, was, I'm like, got it. This this bed's bigger than I realised. Jesus, <laughs> King. a lovely thing. You had an endless, endless tunnel bed. You're lovely. Yeah, uh, and then she's like walking through the through long alleyway towards. I can't remember what the club's called. It was like Cafe de Paris or something. Cafe de Paris, I think. Yeah. Where I'm like, what does that do? Like, it's just a cafe, is it? Can I get coffee? What's going on? No, no, no. It's like. Uh, like a sort of what would you say, like a, a club with singers and dancers yeah, yeah, and a load of like old, old fashioned, um, not like a speakeasy, but I guess like the equivalent. I guess Razzle like dazzle. A, I guess it's what yeah. would be like a nightclub of the time, right? Like that's what, yeah. like it's like a cabaret. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. She goes in, and if she starts and to notice, there? what surprise, <laughs> surprise, it's Stella. <laughs> Blind data. Um, so she starts to notice as she goes in, like people are treating her that there's, oh, can we take your coat? She's like, I'm not wearing a coat. It's just for gym jams. And then like, they take off, um, it's actually a, like a pink coat or something. And she starts to notice that Anya Taylor Joy is in the reflection. She's like doing the mirror. She's tapping yeah. the mirror. What's that all about? Why are they tapping the mirror to make sure it's like tempered or something? <laughs> tempered. This isn't good. We get this without. This is going to break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's not like she's a reflection of her. It's almost like she's observing through the mirror, isn't it? Because initially, I was like, "Oh, so she's like a reflection of her." And every time you see a mirror, um, she's in it. But she's observing most of the time, isn't she? She's kind of just watching her. She's like hitchhiking, like uh, she's yeah, she's along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. that's good, good way of putting it. There's a cool bit where Annie Telly is going down some stairs, and the mirrors are like. 
there's like tons of them at different angles. So I don't yeah. even know how they would have done this, but Mc- Thomas and Mackenzie's like there's multiple versions of her walking mm. next to Anya Taylor Joy. It's really good. A lot of this yeah. stuff feels very Edgar Wright. If you know, do you feel like this film is kind of black swanish? It feels like it's got some yeah. similar themes, yeah. and vibes, and cinematography tricks as Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, that. I can see that. And yeah. yeah, visually, this is. I think this is where the film begins to come to its own. And you know, the the music the, with the musical stings and everything that you get here as well. This is where it it really shines, and it's like, yeah, you've recreated some beautiful scenes wasn't about in the 60s i can't tell you how accurate they were but i think as you imagine these grand things of like areas like london and what it must have been like in in the you know when they're at their height these clubs and so mm. so on and just the the costumes everything it's so well done in these bits it's like a big grand scene oh yeah there's like a bovril thing on the bus that goes by <laughs> uh, tofu te- tea bags or something like that. I think, the, yeah, they go through. Did it just go past uh, Piccadilly Circus again? And we see like, all the old signage that, that you yeah. Obviously, we see we see a cinema with, uh, is it ro- Rollerball? Oh, it's Sean Connery. Yeah. Thunderball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Sean Connery, Connery literally just passed away. So it does feel like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Passed away, isn't it? Did I make that up? Yeah, like... he passed away. It's probably about a year ago now, I think. I saw someone reshare it recently and say, oh, that's, "That's what would have happened." Yeah, I saw someone reshare it and say, "This is a tragedy." I was like, "That was definitely a year ago." Clicked on it and it was like October 2020. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, I, I think this is the most fun aspect of the film. Yeah, and everything's just travel. nice at the minute. Yeah, yeah. She's good night, sweethearts. It and goes back yeah. into the past. Well, yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? Like. Um, I think what this represents well is this um, sort of rose tinted glasses of what the past was like. And obviously I'm sure there was absolutely loads of lovely stuff going on in the past, of course, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like being a young woman in, in sort of a big city like this, and especially in a club like this, where it's, I guess, mostly men, we get to see like what life like must've been like. I think it's like Luke was saying, like you get the, like, um, Ellie had the experience um, with the um, with the sort of taxi driver. Yeah, is that the, the taxi driver? And then we see how um, our new character and you see how the Joy deals with the same behaviour. Like she's a lot more confident with it as well. Like you mm. know, there's that the guy comes over and it's like, oh, you know, all right, darling, you want to come and join me and my friends? Like, oh, now I'm here to talk to the owner. So like, oh, what, what, I'm the owner. Says, yeah, I doubt it, mate. Like she has that kind of yeah, yeah. confidence yeah. about her. And well, I guess what's, meets... what's kind of tragic about it, sorry, not jumping ahead, but what's kind of tragic about it is despite the fact that they deal with those two similar scenarios in very different ways, they both still do get sort of ground down by it in, in similar sort of ways as well, which is what's quite effective, I think. Yeah. So what she do? She goes to get a drink, which is a uh, Vespa. What is yeah. that? Sounds fizzy. It's, 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 cl- it's clear. It? Is it a clear? It's a clear one. Isn't it? Right? Isn't it a vodka martini? Isn't the one that James Bond invented in Casino Royale? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? It's shaken, Italian. It's a shaken, not stirred, stirred with a twist of lemon. This this one's been stirred. It's vodka. Yeah, so I think it's in a James the, Bond the, vodka martini. In the waiter's face. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, gin, vodka, and 
Keena Lillet? Hmm. It's, it's quinoa, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> quinoa, it's got a little bit of quinoa floating in. Gin and vodka, I always think like, what's that? It's got gin and vodka in it. Well, that's two very strong spirits. What's what we got to water it down a bit, otherwise you're just going crazy. 45 millilitres gin, 15 millilitres vodka, 7.5 millilitres of Lillet Blanc. That sounds quite strong. It sounds incredibly strong, doesn't it? Don't really, oh. You couldn't guzzle, couldn't guzzle that. Well, have a big swig of it. That's what we'll do this weekend, guys. I'll pack some gin and some vodka. We'll have some Vespers. I'll bring some Rennies. I'll bring some Bovril so we can really feel like we're in the 1960s. I've, I've, I've right? never had Bovril before. I, Beef. They used to sell it at... I used to work at the Pride Park Football Stadium and they used to sell it there. I've never... Beef tea? Crazy. It's definitely like a football football drink, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Beef tea. You were at Pride Park. Did we do one of this? Only for a little bit. Were you there when Paolo Wonchop was there? I don't know. Is he one of the audience guys? <laughs> I think he was cost. I think he was Costa Rican. Paolo Wonchop. He was a. He was a Derby County player. I think I was there uh, after Chris Commons. Just after Chris Commons. Oh, Chris Commons. Uh, Paolo, Paolo Wonchop was there from ninety-seven to ninety-nine. I wasn't there then. <laughs> oh, gutted. Although I think I did go to watch Derby play Man U like when I was very, very young. That would have been about 99. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they were in the in the Prem a few times, weren't they? I think Derby also got like the lowest points tally for a Premier League season once as well. That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I don't think they were very good. I, I don't know football much anymore. Are they good now? Uh, I think they're in, in the Championship, so the league below the Premier League. Uh I think they're doing all right. They're in the same league as Bristol, same league as Bristol City, and Bristol City are kind of like perpetually average in that league. So about the same. Oh, their, their, their manager is Wayne Rooney, though, at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Um, we we digress. So... <laughs> Welcome to soccer points hangout. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do. A, I would love to do a football podcast, but that's a, for another time. Where you have to drink bovril for the duration of it. You drink a bovril, yeah. You eat a pie, yeah. Go on. What do you say, Luke? Well, uh, Sandy is talking to the bartender, and then she says, "I need to speak to the owner or something." And the guy, the bartender's like, "The owner's not here, but you want to talk to that guy over there, Doctor Who." He uh, <laughs> don't want to he's got a lovely hairstyle. I was honestly a bit gossamer that, that Silla Black was just in the film. Yeah, um, yeah that was cool. Having a, having a sing song. Anyone had a heart. She's there yeah. chat, chatting away. Yeah. And then she does. They have a little boogie. Matt Smith's dancing is uh, kind of half horse dancing, but he's smoking at the same time. So, you know. And drinking. He's smoking and he's drinking. And he's, he's sort of like. He's, he's channeling some John Travolta. That is his. Yeah. That is oh, his no, that's true. To, that, to yeah. that, like, twist scene of. Did, uh, but, but then again, did men in the 60s, like, really go crazy at that? I feel like the kind of club they were at was well, like this gentleman's smoking. It felt like all the men would be like, "I ain't mucking about with a fucking dance, all right. I'll have a little, I'll have a little shake and a boogie, but I ain't, I ain't got any moves to pull out." Yeah, but then this chap calls her a whore. He says he wants to wants to go on her dance routine or something. Wants to go to dancing. And then Matt Smith uh, punches him and he gives him a one a once right in the snoz, and then they run away. But they're being chased, but they don't seem that 
He's channeling. This is this is what his Doctor Who training would have come in for. When oh, yeah. you think of modern era Doctor Who, it's always um, like someone holding someone's hand and then running with them. Running. I'm running from something yeah. that running from something that can't even go upstairs like a fucking Nin- Dalek. Ninety percent of new Doctor Who is holding someone's hand and running. Do you think uh, the new Doctor Who is going to be played by Daniel Craig? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Daniel Craig, the man with two first names. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah. In, this, in this age of prestige television, it could be anyone. There aren't film or television actors anymore. You could have a, a, a film Craig. person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Halle Berry. Doctor <laughs> Halle Berry. <laughs> Halle Berry. Uh, and then, yeah, so they're kind of like running away, but not quite kind of running away. It's like a playful runaway. Well, they like, sort of run away from doing the punch. He does the punches. They run away to a phone box and have a bit of a snog. Does a, does a smooch. Gives her a love bite. Yeah, that's right. Class yeah. act, it's a class act, is Doctor Who. Classic move. So he gives her a love bite, and then they look bites. out, and those guys have like going, Oi, there's that man that punched me over there. And they go, Oh, quick, let's run back out. And they, ran out, they run outside to the car then. Yeah, they don't seem that much of a rush when they're outside. They're like saying, "I'll see you tomorrow." Also, <laughs> you can tell it's the sixties. Parking directly outside the place you want to go in. Absolutely not in modern London. Never ever. Congestion charge. <laughs> yeah. Having a car and being anywhere near where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so I got to get a park. Where did you park? Forty-five minute walk. Dr- driving by <laughs> choice. <laughs> Yeah, absolute madness. That's the that's the true horror of this movie. Yeah, and also, what, so he gives her a love bite because he's like, "I want people to know that you've been with me." All right. <laughs> he's always got a fag on. He's, he's always got a fag on. Are you all right? How did? You, how can you run if you're constantly you're smoking like a chimney? I just don't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dog cotton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick. Uh, yeah, and he ta- so he drops her back to Googe Gooch place, doesn't he? Um, yeah, is that this, pretty much this what happens? Where the, this is where we reveal that like it was it was her room as well. This is why the the connection. Yeah, I think yeah. There. she goes upstairs, lies down, gets in bed, and up, turns back into Ellie. Yeah, yeah. And if she goes up, goes to college, maybe uh, she's like starts designing the same dress that. Uh, and you said yeah. Joy was wearing the pink one. The one that looks like it's made out of pink crepe paper. Yeah. Like, well, you uh, know, Ellie's good at making things out of paper, so that's perfect. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. Um, so she maybe goes to get her hair dyed at this point, or she goes to buy that. Maybe she doesn't buy the white coat yet, I don't think. Um, no, but... I think I think at this point is when um, Jocasta notices that she's got a love bite and she's a bit, that's bloody old school, isn't it? God. Dirty little love bites, and, yeah. and Ellie gets a bit like embarrassed. But embarrassed, but you'd also be like, "What the fuck? What's going on here? A Diana Rig crawl into my room in the middle of the night and suck on my neck." Yeah. Well, I, I, did she know? Because she knows she's a medium to some extent, right? Like she, it's it's not human yeah. that she she has these yeah. abilities. Um. So do you think she knows that uh, that came from the dream? I don't. I know. guess maybe not confirmed. It's probably like what. Probably a bit confused at this stage. It's only after dream one, and uh, when she starts going back into the dream, I think she starts to realize that there's some sort of connection with real life 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, because right now she um, John comes over and bless him, bless his heart, guys. He's bought her a new tin of coke. <laughs> oh yeah, and classic said, move. Because oh, and she she basically copies what um, what she heard Sandy say in the dream. So she's like, oh, got your new tin of coke. It's the least I can do. Because oh, oh yeah, what's the most you could do? Six pack, I guess. <laughs> Bloody hell, Jesus Christ, multi-pack. One of those big boxes. One of those big fridge boxes. Oh, take up all the room in the fridge. A glass bottle of Coke. Oh, yeah. That's the most That's you can do. Classic. Holidays are coming. <laughs> um, so, so does she, she goes and gets her hair? Does she have another dream before she goes and gets her hair? I don't yeah, think she he, does. He asked yeah, yeah. if she wants to do something, but she's like, no, nah, no, nah, I've got plans tonight. And what her plans are, it's like Christmas Eve. She's trying to go to bed as early as possible. So she can, oh, yeah. continue, so she can continue the dream. Probably I mean, light outside. What if you can't? Yeah, yeah. What if you can't Christmas Eve? I've never been able. You know, when you wake up halfway through a dream and you go, "Oh, get back to sleep so I can continue that dream." Never works. Never ever works. You yeah, end up in a dream it. where you work in a bakery or some shit. That's such good, actually. <laughs> the problem is, not, I think, like on the next dreams, day. Those yeah, those dreams where like this is amazing. Like this would be like a, a film or something, and it's going really well. But I think maybe you've run out of ideas. So then yeah. it just like turns into something else, and you're like, "What? Yeah, no." <laughs> my dream, my dream could be a film. Yeah, my dream was directed by Edgar Wright. I tell you, yeah. So you're in, you're, you're, you go to sleep, and you're in like a beautiful, you know, memory of the of the age that you admire the most. It's beautiful and it's colourful, and you've been inspired to do your um, best college work ever. And you wake up and you go back to sleep, and it's like. Oh, now my dream's about sitting and doing my taxes. Wonderful. It did kind of remind me what college was like. You go in, do a bloody drawing, <laughs> and then go to the pub for like eight hours and then go home. That was pretty much what it was. What did you do yesterday? Well, oh, I've done a bloody drawing. It was great. <laughs> that it? Yeah. You said it was a very good drawing, though. I mean, it was a good drawing. Um, yeah. So the next, so the next dream is where Sandy goes with uh, Jack to like some club where she's going to audition and basically yeah. to beca- essentially become the next Silla Black. She wants to be a singer, uh, so she goes to a little club and the manager like watches her. And what does she sing? Downtown. Downtown. Oh yeah, she sings downtown, downtown a cappella. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, wait, is this? It is this version where she's singing a cappella, but then like. Slightly eerie strings start to yeah uh, come in behind it. Yeah. Um, it's uh really well done. I think maybe Ellie's watching from or Ellie yeah she's like, watching it from the from sat, the audience. sat in the sat in the audience and she's really happy. She's got an audition. The guy's going to find a part for her. She's going to be a singer. Huzzah! Yeah, and she goes to Jack, and he's he's oh, I do need a manager. Do you know anyone? Says yeah, yeah. Done some sex to celebrate that. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Another dotted line with a little bit of sexy time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, go, yeah, goes back to the bed, sit, and gets it on. And the next day, Ellie wakes up and she goes, "You know what? I love." Sandy, I love being Sandy in the dream. I'm gonna go and get my hair dyed blonde and get a same jacket from a like a and get the same uh, vintage white Mac it looks Macintosh. Like it is the same dress, I mean, uh, jacket. Yeah, It'd be interesting to know if that's supposed to be the she, same one. 
she buys when she she buys it from somebody. There's a lot of like mine really small roles in this for like British comedy actors. It's like the girl who sells the Uda jacket is in this country. The guy who works in the library a little bit later is Al from Stafflet's Flats. There's, I reckon there's like another two or three. So the, there's a really the, the pub landlady because when she buys this is oh, of course Mrs Doyle yeah, from... Mrs Doyle. I think it went from the coat and I went. She's from this country. To then immediately cut to Mrs. Doyle, and I went, and that's Mrs. Doyle. <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, so yeah, the pub that we were in earlier, there was a help wanted sign, um, and because she needs to buy expensive jackets, yeah, got to have a job. Got to have a bloody job, yeah. So, but at this yeah. job, there's a dude who's like one of the, the most loyal customers, um, a grey-haired man who looks a kind of bit familiar. A spooky grey-haired man. A spooky grey-haired man who's a bit followy, follows a bit, tries to get her attention, because obviously... Like in so you do yeah. get those, those kinds of people who are kind of lingers on from the time before, who okay. are always kind of hanging out in the pubs, and you could tell, like, just from looking at them, like, the way they're dressed, like, yeah, they probably, like... Yeah. Were, maybe had a bit of money or something or they were involved in, in that kind of scene um, a little bit of wheeling a little bit of wheeling and dealing eh whenever this guy talks as well he seems to talk really slow like he's had a stroke and I think maybe it's just to throw us off or something like to yeah okay because is this the bit where he follows her? He goes, hey, girl, I've got a... Uh, Blondie uh, or something. Do I know your bloody mum? Or something like that. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're made to think, well, if he recognises Sand, like the look of Sandy, like with the coat and the hair, yeah. he must have been involved with her in the past. So, I mean, the natural conclusion there is that this is older, an older version of Matt Smith's character, yeah. Jack. Now, obviously, of course, we're going to spoil things with this, so... Apologies, but I don't. As a red herring, I don't know if it was established well enough for me to go. Oh, it's that person. I feel like the person he he was revealed to be needed one or two more little scenes so we could see that he was a, a constant. The fact that we only kind of see him once, and I was like, "Who's it supposed to be?" When I see this film again, when it does reveal what it is, and you replay who he really is i swear they voice him with terence stamp's voice or he does a terence stamp impression i think okay. so too like when i was saying like the way terence stamp talks this guy in the older time i was after it was revealed i was like oh yeah he was like talking in exactly the same way like his mouth was like moving in a really similar way but when when this character said to when sandy said to him are you a copper like he didn't confirm or deny and i was a bit like I didn't really believe it. If I you ask know. a policeman to replace them, they have to tell you. you didn't know the rules. <laughs> yeah. You're a bastard. Um, does, he, does he say he looks after the, the girls or something? Or? He said that he knows all the girls and then yeah. one of the other people pops out. Oh, are you looking at, watching up for the, for the octopus? He's always but the thing, touching but the thing people is, oh, we yeah. left. Oh, yeah. It was in a montage scene where there was loads and loads of blokes. So I almost felt like it was a bit... And they all became faceless. Didn't they? That was the whole thing. Like she changed yeah. her name. Yeah. Uh, um, to each of them, and mm. not there yet. So she's a bit creeped out by the man, um, the old, the old fella. Um, but she's like, he's got a job. It's going on with college, and she is. Oh well, wait. She nearly gets flattened by a taxi as well, which is a nice, um, a yeah, nice yeah. Uh, Chekhov's moment. taxi. Yeah. Chekhov's taxi. Yeah, Chekhov's taxi. <laughs> no one. Is anyone driving that fast in London in order to 
Chekhov was driving it. Hello, Chekhov. Chekhov. Yeah, Chekhov's <laughs> right. through town. Oh, I run a, I run a fast taxi business. Don't worry, I don't stop. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to run someone over one of these days, Chekhov. A likely story. Um, no. Never, never happen, mate. Never happen. Um, so she gets back home and goes straight to sleep again, looking forward to another chapter three. Chapter three. Chapter three of the dream when it's going to be going absolutely. Absolutely Boston it's going to be. And she gets to sleep, and she does. And they're at the club, and not Sandy comes out on stage to do Puppet on a String. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then and then all the backing dancers come out, and Sandy's one of them. Um, so what it looks like she's been involved in now is that Jack isn't nice fella. He seems like he's... But like initially, he's obviously not a pimp, but he's just slowly involving these girls in in this life, and then eventually getting to a point where he's just allowing he, he's pimping them out. Yeah, because yeah. that's the same. I think we get there fairly quickly, right? So she goes off stage, and we have a little bit of a a blur where Ellie sort of follows up, and she reappears with her in her dressing room. And Jack is there and he says, I'll come down and talk to this guy. And another sleazy old fellow's like, oh, maybe me and you should go for a few drinks. He's like, uh, yeah. I'm kind of with Jack. And it's like, he doesn't mind. Yeah. And he says, no, I don't mind that one bit. This was quite a good scene when she was like rushing around backstage in the club as well, because you kind of like saw, it was almost like the curtain had, the, the, the curtain had moved and everything, you could see everything, the, the icky um, oh, underbelly, yeah. underbelly yeah. of everything, like drugs and sex and, just yeah, all that, all the, all that stuff going yeah. down. Uh, so, uh, what? Where do we go from here? So, just degrades pretty quickly. I know it's always hard. Yeah. When we talk about a film that we, you know, behind the curtain, guys. I don't know if it's any different for you two. When we're watching a film that was on a streaming service or is older, so you know you've got it on a format at home can watch it again i'm watching at home so i make notes when you see something at the cinema can't really yeah. do that <clears throat> can't, don't yeah. worry that guy with your phone yeah. lit up make, type in the notes see what are you doing i'm making notes. notes for a podcast all right what's your problem <laughs> yeah doesn't doesn't fly until we're such a big deal that we get private screenings and so on but we can write notes of the arts content you gotta yeah. make yeah. do but from memory, like it kind of escalates as we go through a little bit here. So she has more dreams. Ellie herself is getting more stressed in the real world and is like, um, I think she even sees uh Matt Smith like randomly, randomly turn up. I, there was yeah. a jump scare that actually made me jump. Um, I think maybe Matt is Matt Smith turning up in the bedroom randomly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, make anyone jump. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus Christ. Shouting oranges and you're like the tango man. Um, of all the places you could be in time and space, and you're here. Yeah. yeah to shout Smith. at me and jump scare me. Um, so she's a little bit disheartened with it all and is kind of fallen out of love with the thing, but she's still obsessed with what's going on. So she's quite, she's visibly yeah. stressed in her studies. And then she's seeing. Um, the other side of things in the dreams, she's seeing more of um, just being like being forced to spend night after night with more and more of these men. 
she starts making up names and getting less and less enthusiastic. Uh, she's clear, she started drinking more. She, she starts is, to kind of yeah. give in to it, doesn't it? Like her, yeah. her willpower drains over time, and then she just starts laughing and like taking drugs or whatever. Just to... yeah. And this is where we get the one, the Dumb one, the pain. So all these others are basically like. Oh, that's a nice name, and that's a lovely name. Before they go and like you know force themselves on her, or yeah. But there's one person that she's talking to. He's like, "That's not your real name. You should get out of here while you still can." And he goes, "Oh, I reckon you're a cop." And it's like, "Do you now?" Uh, that's why should I reckon you're a cop? She didn't say, "Are you a policeman?" Because they have to tell you if they are. Yeah. She she didn't play by the rules either. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of going on with right. She's clearly stressed. It's by just it. degenerating over time, and that like something that was a a, be- a wonderful dream. Uh, she was existed in an era that she obviously had a lot of love for and kind of wanted. I think she even says to Diana Rigg at one point she would have loved to have been around in the sixties. So it's essentially like a dream come true for her. Um, but now but, she herself is having these nightmares with these endless streams of like faceless ghouly men. This are the ghouly men start appearing, right? Yeah, uh, ghouly yeah, men in yeah. in their pants and in their pants and vests that are like in in in, in like undress to sort of visualize how they were the when they on. when they when they were in the same room as where where Ellie sleeps every night, but with Sandy. Okay, so at this point, Ellie. Now it's kind of not wanting to go to sleep or in that bedroom because every time she does, it's getting increasingly nightmarish. And um, then the the boy, I can't remember his name now, invites her out to a John. party. Mayhem. Yeah. Um, she goes. They go to a nice Halloween party where she does minimum effort, where she just like puts black circles around her eyes. Yeah. Put some bloody effort in. Order something from Amazon. It'll come the next day if you got Prime. All right. Oh, c- come on. She was she was thrown out by the fact that someone called a register. She's not up with Amazon. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, you're a fashion designer. Bloody make something. All right. Yeah. Classic. John says, well, and- I've got. John says, well, I've got. I've put this on. And I'm going to do some face paint. You're already wearing black. That'll do. Yeah, I suppose he puts five yeah. percent more effort in, but still pretty poor showing. Yeah. Uh, also, Jocasta and that are there uh, because there's only one club. For them to all to in go all to all of London, <laughs> uh, but like she, she gives her like a, a drink, and I'd be like, she's definitely spiked that. There's an eyeball floating in that. That's not. <laughs> that's yeah. Not but also, prices so, as well. Jeez. Yeah. Someone who's clearly like an enemy and clearly has proved themselves a few times to be a definite wrong and giving you a drink, you'd be like, oh for God's sake, please don't. Yeah, and it gets really bad because maybe she's spiked, maybe not. We don't actually find out for sure i don't think but she starts to really blur between realities here um yeah, she's like sandy's there yeah oh wait did she even find maybe it's the morning after something did she she finds the club where sandy worked is that the next day I oh guess? it was um when she, when she, she saw that when she was buying the coat yeah yeah okay and it's a thai it's a like thai massage parlor now which i feel yeah. like you get that a lot in Soho. Why do people need their ties massaged? <laughs> Businessmen. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Sorry. Uh, work in the office. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so after seeing all the things in the ghoulie men at the Halloween party, in various reflections, she shits her pants, really not literally. Yeah, she, she doesn't give 100%. <laughs> no, she runs outside into the rain, but then there's a brief moment of respite when John comes after her and says, like, what's wrong? He's a very understanding person, you know, and he's very open and he listens to a lot of what she says, whereas a lot of people could just say, are you are you, are you mental? What's wrong with you? Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, I understand. I think he says later, my auntie believes in loads of crazy shit. So oh, that's what she tells you got to say. About the gooby men later, but for now, he's just like, Oh, do you want to go somewhere else? And she's, Oh, go out to mine if you like. I'm not allowed boys back. We have to be very, very quiet, Elmer Fudd style. And they're not quiet, though. <laughs> this was stressful because they're not quiet. They do that thing when they come through the door. It's like they haven't had much to drink because they just went, got to the party and she left after eat, consuming one drink. Well, but they, they're doing that they thing got, when they... they got spiked, right? So... Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 But they're doing that thing when they come through the door and they go, Shh! Yeah. Shh! Doing, like, <laughs> doing, like, over-the-top creeping, like the Hamburg. They're like... Through the, up the stairs I've only done that like once um, there was one time I'd got, I'd got back exceptionally late this was late teens, early 20s, lived at my parents still, I was going upstairs it had been a long, long night on the on the drinks, you know, not because I wasn't allowed to go up, but obviously everyone else is asleep, you have to wake everyone up yeah. so I was like, cri- like t- t- tiptoeing up the stairs just <laughs> And then, uh, unbeknownst to me, I said, "Well, you know, it's my parents' house. I know this. I know this place well. I've only got to get up the stairs and through the door to my bedroom. Don't need a light on. Um, just gonna go. Just gonna go up there." My mom, bless her, she'd obviously been tidying or doing something towards the end of the evening. Unbeknownst to me, in the pitch, but the Hoover was at the top of the stairs. Switched it on. Tripped over it, clattered down the stairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my Literally. god! I thought you said crash. I thought you said you, you accidentally switched on. They were like, "Well, what it's on? I might as well do the stairs." <laughs> what are you fucking doing out there? <laughs> there's a good. There's a good sketch on. Um, do you remember the sketch show Cardinal Burns? It was on. It was on a uh, Channel yeah, Four. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is Cardinal Prince, but I've got a good memory of this because there's a sketch show, a sketch where one guy wakes up next to a woman, like after a night out, and he's sort of like, he's like, "Oh shit, oh, I better get up, get out of bed, really quietly, put my socks on, yeah, put my socks on, put my pants on," and then it turns out he's a one man band, so he's very quietly putting his drum <laughs> on his back, <laughs> very quietly putting it on, and then leaving like. Boop. it's good it's good i enjoyed it complete aside i saw i I never know what it was it's not a recognizable clip show but it always reminds me of a waking up one there's a guy that's just woken up and he's in a full set of clown makeup and he's like oh oh and he's like his we assume his wife turns around to him and says you're right, yeah, must have slept funny. <laughs> Classic. Must have slept funny. And then Luke says, did you sleep like that? And he does, does a little, little headstand. Changed his life forever. You all right? You still all right or not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Good time. Um, where were we? So... Yeah, she invites him back, and they are not quite at all going upstairs, but quick enough to uh, trick Mrs. Collins and then get down to business. Um, 
and um, it all goes terrible. Poor, poor John. He must be so confused. Yes. They're, they're, they're together. They're getting it on. And then, unfortunately, on the mirrored ceiling of the bedroom, um, she sees uh, Sandy. But there in... isn't a mirrored ceiling, is it? Like, it's not actually there. No, it's imaginary. Next time she looks, imaginary mirrored imaginary ceiling. Mirrored ceiling. <laughs> um, imaginary mirrored ceiling. Imaginary mirrored ceiling. This would be the worst time for Ghost Mom to turn up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Candyman. What are you yeah. doing down there? <laughs> Ghostman, Ghost Mom and Candyman both Rufasa. judging you from the mirrors. Rufasa as well. All the people that live in the mirror dimension. Yeah. Um Kiefer Sutherland from the film Mirrors, they're all there. Um <laughs> so they're all there in the mirror dimension. Um and she can see uh Sandy getting attacked by Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and from what it looks like, he's literally just stabbing her to death. And this is where we get the first and probably the only sort of proper blood. Because this was an 18 rated movie, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, it was yeah, 18. Considering, I was a bit surprised when I saw that. Considering there wasn't much swearing, there wasn't much sexy time, drugs use. Any I of that. have to be over 18 to remember the 60s, they say. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's it. <laughs> confused. So, she has a vision, obviously. And also, yeah. like, her face is reflected in the blade. Um, mm. In a quite quite a stylistic way, very kind of Hitchcockian, I guess. I don't know. Feels that kind of um, that kind of vibe. Uh, but uh, but poor John is just uh, in the bed as well, <laughs> like wondering what the hell. He does keep going like, "What is wrong? What's going on?" And, and obviously like, she's... Off, she she seems like get off me, and then seems get off her, and he's like, "I'm not on her." Yeah, <laughs> who are you on about? Just and a man standing here. Diana Rigg is already at the door saying, let me in. Yeah. I want to join in. Did she say like, <laughs> I was going to kill him or something? She yeah. like, bust this door, I mean, bust this door down. She's like, I'm coming in. You're an old lady. <laughs> These sturdy old doors. But I'm pretty sure she's, in. she could do it. But yeah. John is, you know, the mirror gets smashed. He cuts himself up. He's having to run out onto the thing. You're right. He says the next morning, oh, I'd have killed him. But he, yeah. yeah, John just hightails it out of there, which is probably for the best. To be fair, I think if you would have stayed and tried to calm the situation oh, in any way, going into college that next day to, and seeing him, yeah, because they do look at each other like, and I think even Jacasta says, "Oh, something happened." It's like, well, definitely not what you think. Yeah, he got glass in his foot. Surrender. Yeah, he got he got he got John Mc, he got John McLeaned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, so. <clears throat> I guess this so is I think she goes to the police. Yeah, so I think yeah, she goes. To, she goes back. Doesn't she go back to the silver-haired man at the pub first and sort of tries to yeah, get him to? Later. Oh, that's after, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. So she goes to the police, and I mean, if you go to the police, why would you say I saw it in a dream? Because you know that no one's going to go. Oh, yeah, I saw it in a dream. We're definitely going to follow this line of investigation yeah. i like that immediately after the police guy he's like there's five of them in the toilet like like slamming a hand on the table and she said it was in a dream <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, like, she, laughing. she always <laughs> overhears people talking shit about her in the toilet i don't work in an office anymore so but you know how much i actually you know in real life anywhere i've been that has uh public toilets you know how much i talk when i'm in there 
Uh, I don't know that much, how much. The amount much, I just did there. Just a joke. Numb. Don't know, Andy. How no. many? How much do you talk when you're in the toilet? Not, not, no, not a joke. At <laughs> it's, all. it's it's not, proper not, small talk. Not, small, not oh yeah. I say, excuse me, mate. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's not, pretty much it. But there, but there are characters who like. I'm going to tell an anecdote about a girl who's told me a ghost story. I don't even have my some people in the toilet. Some people do like to do it. But there's so there's a there's a guy I used to work with, and I think he always like knew if I was in a cubicle, and he'd like throw like some wet toilet paper over at me, <laughs> and obviously I'd just be like, you'd have to be silent because you go, oh for fuck's sake, like stupid break. And one day he came up from the toilet and he's like, oh you're here. <laughs> he was like, I just threw some wet toilet paper at someone I thought was you. <laughs> and I was like, no. He's like, I'm pretty sure I could have been sure it was you who went in there. I was like, nope. <laughs> I've been sat here at some random gap and he just Eloise. slung it. They're always back yeah. in the toilet to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was like, oh, finally, some peace and quiet now I've gone in the gents. And then this is <laughs> Don't go in the gents. There were weird characters, though, I think, who would always try and make a conversation with you, like stand directly next to you at the urinal and like say something really bland and just be like, I, I get stage fright, like if someone stands right next to me. I just cannot physically go. And you kind of got to like pretend you're done. <laughs> yep, that was satisfying. <laughs> yeah, especially if there's a toilet attendant. Oh, yeah. Toilet attendant. Oh, yeah. That's always terrifying. Has COVID done for the toilet attendant? Uh, uh, I don't know. Just attending his own toilet. Yeah. Or her. <laughs> just stood in the corner of his own toilet with his massive tray of smellies <laughs> and sweets. With like, with like mint. <laughs> massive tray of smellies and sweets. Uh, the freshen up, up, man. He was freshen up for the ladies, and you're like, I'm married. I'm, I'm married. I'm just. What's to you? What, yeah. I, got I don't need to freshen up anymore. <laughs> yeah, to you. I'm married to you. What's wrong with you? My, my biggest defense against ever seeing a freshen up guy ever again, I guess, is of course being 38 and very rarely going to a nightclub, let yeah. alone being married. There was always one at Rock City, and I always thought that Nottingham was like the, the rock club place. And I thought that's like the weirdest place to have a, a smelly man because, like, they the the, the smelly men. Are, are horrendous. I'm sure there's plenty, plenty of smelly men in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then again, that's probably why he turned up. He's like, I've got a job to do. All these people are really stinky. Yeah, they he, need some. He really thinks of it as providing a na- like a necessary <laughs> service. Guys, yeah. you're in quite a sweaty venue. Come on, freshen yeah. up for yourself. Freshen up for everyone around you. That club was the worst for like sticky floors, like oh, yeah. stealing your shoes. It's like walking through <laughs> treacle. Um, okay, anyway, so so thingy go to the police. The police aren't interested, but there's a lady who said, I'll ask some questions for you because she's a bit more, um, not an absolute dickhead, like the she's guy. a bit more, not an absolute dickhead, yeah. Um, so then I think is this point where Ellie goes to work in the well, rain? She says that she says that, um, that, that without even a last name, it'd be hard to trace anyone. So yeah. she goes to the library. Um, oh, John yeah, turns yeah. up. She tells she tells him the she tells him that it's about ghosts, and he's he's on board. He's a nice guy. He's like, okay, let me look for a let me look for the, this person who was murdered. And they get out. And they have a great classic microfiche scene where they go yeah. through the old <laughs> newspapers, um, but they can't find. Well, they are interrupted finding proof because you should turn up at the library without a card. Everybody, ghouly men. I do like that little joke <laughs> where, where John turns up 
And then he's, she's like, why did you sneak up on me? Why were you so quiet? He says, it's a library. Library, yeah, yeah, that was good. Because yeah. it was almost like, what are you doing? Yeah. But yeah, the coolie man, uh, uh, they started chasing her around the library. At this point, I've got to say, like, I felt really bad for Ellie because, like, there's all the uni pe- We just established that all the uni people are there studying for an exam that I didn't even know was coming up. We don't know who, how many invigilators they're going to have at the exam. How many inquisitors? Yeah. But, like, it, you just feel bad for her because you know that, like, She's running away from these ghoulies and everyone's probably just looking at her running around like a crazy person, um, ruining her street cred even more. Um, and then she's she, just like, got it with a new haircut and everything as well. Yeah. And then she tries to launch a pair of scissors right into Jocasta's eye. Yeah. Just gets stopped at the exact second by uh, John. By John. Face to day. is always in the right place at the right time, and, John. Uh, Jocasta goes off to tell. She goes, oh. <laughs> I'm um, telling. Yeah, yeah oh. tell. Security, security. I mean, to be fair, she did nearly get stabbed in the eyeball. She probably has. Uh, uh, but to be she honest, had it coming so, now. What, what, she had what's it coming. So she's almost been stabbed in the eyeball, but then she runs away shouting in a library. Two yeah, wrongs true. don't make a right, Jocasta. True. Yeah. You no, should be yeah. in just as Demon. much trouble. Uh, so Ellie runs away as well. I think maybe it's here she goes through the rain back to the pub. I yeah, like pub I think she I goes. Like pub scenes that she works at. Yeah, um, and she works like in the basement bit of the pub, which I think is nice. There's a <laughs> bit earlier on where the 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 landlady says, uh, "She's like, do you believe in ghosts?" And Lanley says, "I think that." all the ghosts are like happy memories that have been soaked into the walls. And I mean, that's like a big theme of this film is that memories kind of soak into the, the places. So London has had all these deaths over many, many years. Thousands of people get moided on the streets of London throughout the 2000 years, wherever it's been around. Um, and it's all kind of soaked and in, seeped into the, into the bricks and everything. And uh, obviously literally there's like dead stuff in the, in the walls later on um but she this time she goes in and she serves terence stamps a uh, drink of numbers currently. of numbers which is cronenberg is, is it, is a part of numbers please what you're yeah. so lazy you can't even say cronenberg cronenberg yeah yeah is that is that i just thought it was a guest ale <laughs> well, yeah, I thought you saw it. Yeah, it's just a yeah. guest tale. Numbers yeah. is a Cronenberg nickname. Yeah, it's like 1654 or something. Like that. Um, so, but then she starts questioning him. Um, and like she says, like, you killed Sandy. And he keeps, like, just not saying it outright. Like, he keeps saying, whatever happened to her, she chose it for herself. No, you killed her. <laughs> I... Uh, I don't. I don't care for this line of question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just say you didn't. You don't deny it. it. Why are you? Well, you're not denying it. it. <laughs> just say no. I didn't, mate. I Why d- are you walking away, mate? Why are you like? <laughs> yeah, you haven't finished your pint. You only just got it. Oh, well, yeah. yeah she, she, uh, she clears that glass away pretty quick. Smashes it. I'm not cleaning this. Smashes it. Expensive. <laughs> 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 Yeah, like that, Terrence Stamp here, he could have he could have gone a long way by just explaining himself quite clearly. Yeah, and then uh, Chekhov's taxi pulls up pretty quick. 
Taxi yeah, Tex, pr- pretty quick, way too bloody quick. Fl- literally, what explodes him like he's a <laughs> like he's a balloon full of blood. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. the landlady runs out saying Lindsay because his name's Lindsay. Lindsay, she like says, a cup of tea. Oh, he used to be a copper. He used he used to look after all the Sweat girls ice. or something. Um, yeah, he was like an undercover vice officer, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, which is when we realised that he was the guy earlier in the club. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just felt like it didn't have as much impact as possibly it could have done. I think if he was more prevalent in some of the earlier scenes, so we would have understood. But I was a bit like, ooh, because he came at the tail end of like a really long sequence of random blokes. Yeah. So he isn't. Yeah. He isn't Jackie's Lindsay. But he's been custodied by the um, by the. Uh... <laughs> Custard. Would you say he's poorly? <laughs> he's made reap poorly by being smashed by a. Uh... Yeah, so he's poorly. He's got to get off to the hospital. Get this man up yeah. some medicine. Yeah, yeah. He's someone's uh, going to have to blow on that, kiss it, make it better. <laughs> it's got a boo boo. So Ellie, uh, I think decides that she's going to leave London. Uh, I think she even gets on the Don't... phone to who, her grandma. Her grand's, her grand's like, I'll come and get you today. Well, no, I'll come and get you tomorrow. Well, I can't. I'll come and get you today, then. I'll, I'll get I'll get someone to drive me now. From Cornwall. From Cornwall in the middle of the night. Can you imagine the person who gets that? Oh, sorry, I know I know you from the post office, and we don't know each other very well, but can you drive me to London and get my granddaughter? Fucking hell. Just, just, just for clarity for uh, any of our overseas listeners, right? Uh, Cornwall, um, the nearest county to Cornwall is is Devon. And that is a fucking massive drive. That's a big drive, like between Cornwall and like that's a big enough drive. Let alone London. Is London's ending? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So literally, very like, very bottom of the country. Yeah. So like again, overseas, and I know we're to- if we're talking especially to American listeners, your country is massive. One bit of your country is bigger than our entire one. But in terms of the UK, Cornwall is real far. It's like yeah. as far southwest as you can go, and London is on the other side. Yeah, just but left just, to yeah. right. Just oh, wait till the morning, for God's sake! But she's but, like, no, I gotta go. Sorry, but I've got, I've, I've got someone who can help me now. Um, so uh, John uh, has a car. He's offer he offers to drive her. They're just going to go back to the house and get the and get her stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much she says I'm going to go in um, and if I'm longer than like five minutes um, come about well, 15 minutes come in and get me she wants to try and get back some of her deposit you really well hope so she's just put she's, she basically just put the money down on, for a mortgage let alone <laughs> let alone pay like a couple of months rent yeah uh, yeah so she goes back and she basically knocks on the door and says I'm gonna tell you I'm going to leave. She goes, oh, do you want a cup of tea? I'd be like, I haven't got time. <laughs> I'll make you a lovely cup of tea. No, 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 I haven't John, got time. John, John's waiting in the car. Said, no, I've got a can of Coke. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. With your na- and it's got your name written on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she and she... Has a, has a cup of tea. And uh, so Mrs. Miss Collins basically says, 
that a detective came by asking about Sandy's murder. So there was a detective earlier when she told the police there was a woman and she was like, I kind of, not that she believed her, but she was going to look into it a bit more because she was worried about her, I guess. And then we basically get the big reveal in the form of um, a villain monologue, I guess. (laughs) It's kind of like a villain monologue. Well, you say villain, but again. Given away by by a letter. Because I thought this is Collins. Only bloody... Alexandra oh, Collins, Collins, aka Sandy. AKA Sandy. Oh dear! And then basically starts explaining that, and we see a flashback to the murder, and it wasn't Jack stabbing Sandy; it was Sandy stabbing Jack in self-defense because he was threatening her with a knife. Um, and then it just shows, consequently, that she lured. Well, you say lured every man, but like, but, but every man that sort of paid her, or I don't, I don't even know if if it was if it was paying her. I think it was because I think we saw money on the on the dresser yeah. at one point. So, so every abusers ev- that are turning up, um, yeah, just been stabbing them, slashing them up, stabbing them, slashing them up, and hiding the bodies in the house, which I always feel like gonna stink. Yeah, there's got to be a better way, not just put them in the floorboards. Um, uh, you know what though, Chekhov's French restaurant, they have that. You said, do you oh, like garlic? Yeah. That's all you'll be able to smell. So much garlic that it overpowers their bodies. Did we? Sorry, I just had to jump out. Did someone just interesting. Did someone mention? Did did we mention the plugs earlier? She said if you you have to put the plugs on in the summer because it starts to smell as well. Oh uh, yeah, bodies. of course. So um, all these all these evidences, all they're all yeah. That's, that's nice. It's good how it all syncs up. But um, she goes. Uh, she's told of this story. She says, "Oh, it's right. I won't tell anyone." She says, "Ah, of course you won't." She said, no, no, I really won't. I said, oh, I know, of course you won't, because I've given you a special poison which only takes effect as the plot dictates. And then as soon as she finishes that sentence, <laughs> you yeah. feel the effect of the poison. Yeah. It's Bovril. Um, it's like, oh, beef tea! <laughs> oh, beef bloody tea! It's not quite gravy, it's not quite tea! Oh! <laughs> um, but then... Obviously, she's got John waiting for outside. He tries. He comes and knocks on the door. Miss Collins is fuming. She's like, "Oh, on your own, are you? You dirty bitch!" Give him a cup because at first she goes, "Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to stab you. You'll just die of this poison." Oh, that's comforting. Thanks. Yeah, um, just <laughs> quietly listening to the records. Put your head back on the sofa and have a lovely sleep. That's I'll fine. Put, I'll put some on. Quite nice. It's quite a nice. Really thoughtful way to kill someone. Yeah. But um, obviously, she opens the door to opens the door to John. Um, she but then Ellie manages like to stumble out. It, she knocks a cigarette from the ashtray into a box of records. Um, but then John is trying to save Ellie. But then Miss Collins just shanks him right in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. gets him gets him right in the tum. In the tum tum. Yeah. So a weird kind of uh, almost like a music video sequence now, <laughs> where. Uh, Eddie oh, yeah. climbs up the stairs and it it turns into Anna, Anya Taylor Joy and they're kind of like uh, walking Going up, up the glass. glass staircase yeah and yeah. John is still at the bottom of the stairs like shouting for Ellie but he's all he's all warbled yeah he's mm. got wibbly wobbly he's got a poorly tummy so he can't go upstairs <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it um, he's been so he's been stabbed um, they go up they go upstairs and she gets into the room um, of course, because the house the house is now on fire because she knocked the knocked the cigarette away. John manages to get the message across that there's also a fire. 
but those two are too busy fighting. They get upstairs, and who should turn? Um, we realise that the other thing that was pointed out um, to Ellie earlier on was that there is a there is a phone up there that only makes emergency calls. Yeah, who did she call? Chekhov's emergency phone. Well, she's going to phone, um, I guess, the fire brigade, but who should turn up in the bedroom but all the ghoulie men? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the ghoulie men in their, pants, see their, their pants and vest. And they're like, help us, please. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, ghosts are so shit at getting their message across because you know yeah. what would help them? If they wanted to say help us, just turn up really calmly and say, oh, help, we've been... It's actually... It's actually us, the, the ghoulie men that have been murdered. But no, what they do is they grab her and pin her to the bed and then hold the phone up and say, help us, blood me now. Yeah, that's right. So what are they trying to do? The... Oh, so they don't want her to call the police because they were saying, kill her. Like, you need yeah. to Need to bloody kill her. Yeah. But then it was, it was a weird one because it was... Obviously, we didn't want her to kill Ellie, but at the same time, we're like... I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think of the ghoulie men much as as victims. Obviously, no one deserves to get murdered in cold blood. Really, what they but... say, right? Like when she, when um, when Sandy then comes in, she gives her a big old hug, kills her with kindness, and says, "Oh, I don't want you to say that they like. I do believe you. They did deserve it. They were absolute rotters." Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and Miss Collins is basically happy enough to just. To just die, doesn't she? So she tries to slit her own throat at one point, but oh, then she stops her. Only gets she halfway. goes to slit her throat, and then she goes, "No, nah, don't do that." Life bar's only half full. Yeah. Don't finish her. Don't kill yourself in this. Uh, don't don't slit your throat. And he goes, "All right, then. I guess I'll just sit here and die in this fire." Which sounds way more yeah, painful. Way more painful. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> My skin's melted. Yeah. Uh, yeah so she burned up. If you got any of that poison left, just have that. Yeah. yeah. Don't do the fire brigade come in as well? Yeah. So fire brigade and <laughs> like the last thing, the last thing you see bursting through. You saw loads of ghosts burst into the rooms and uh, yeah. like walls, and now you see just a big old battering ram. Bash a fire- the door fireman comes in but then he falls through the floor and then michael myers comes out oh, and he starts fucking them all up <laughs> it all makes sense yeah um but yeah they um he must have got a flight over from adam film as he was sat on the plane what you listen to my theme no you wouldn't say that you wouldn't say that that's how you trick him what's that michael I think you take a, you take that guy from the plane, that guy from the party earlier who come and take his headphones off. What are you oh, yeah. doing? Shank him in the neck. Um uh, but yeah, that's it. Um we go forward and now it's uh end of term. It's bring bring board games in day. And um <laughs> and doing, uh, fashion show. Uh, her dresses are now not completely 60s they've got silver bits on them so they're kind of futuristic bit bit of past bit of future yeah exactly yeah Um, and then she gets she gets the distinction with honours or something I don't know Uh, but she's also her grandmother's there and also her mother is there as well ghost mum which which promises a sequel where the mum's going to come back for revenge yeah (laughs) let's solve another murder yeah yeah, 
so I think that's that's, that's it, right? That's here. it, really. Oh, we see. Um, um, yeah, it's a final vision of Sandy in the mirror, and he waves at her, blows her a kiss, and, <laughs> and then... she boops the mirror, does like yeah. a temper test again. <laughs> Good mirror. In the credits, there's loads of photos of Soho today. Yeah, to kind of show the difference between the two, uh, the past and the present. And um, it, it's cool. I would say if anyone hasn't been to Soho around London, just go walk around and go walk around the old. Because if you go down certain streets, you'll see like seedy looking, um, I guess like there's like sex shops. I don't exactly know what they sell, but they're really strange looking. <laughs> like what a, do they sell in there? And then there's a place they said it sells like um, a flavored yogurt, and then there's a place that sells Thai massages, and then there's M&M say, if, you, if your tie is yeah. all knotted and you need to get it massaged, yeah, exactly. Uh, or if you need to get a chaos movie, that's probably next door. It's a really Soho is a really interesting <laughs> and weird Girls, place. Like Soho is great fun. Yeah. Uh, so we've got some name game for you if you're ready. Always. Oh ready. yes. So the first one, we'll, we'll start easy and then we'll get more, uh, more hard as we get through. <laughs> oh yeah. Hmm. First one is a is about the very last legal boxing match in Soho. Very last, last fight in Soho. Last fight in Soho. Well done. And next one is about a man. He's asking you for directions to Chinatown. He asks, "Do I take the final left?" You say, "No, take the last, last right, right in, in Soho." Soho. <laughs> That's correct. Well done. Um, uh, this next one is about Edgar Wright, the film director, and he goes for a big run across central London. Edgar um, Wright goes for a run across la- central. Uh, Fast, 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 fast right, right in Soho. Soho. Fast right in Soho. This one is about a constipated man who discovers laxatives. Um, fast shite in Soho. <laughs> Close, but not Close. Right there. Close, oh, it was not right. It's not right. Fast shite. Is, is fast shite the first bit? Close, but it's not right. Shite is right. Shite is always oh. right. Um, past shite <laughs> constipated man discovers laxatives is last shite in slow-mo <laughs> maybe it's a Zack Snyder he's constipated <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake Last shot in slow mo. And the last one is a film in which a girl tries to determine the height of ship masts based on pictures alone. Mast height in In photo. In photo. Mast height in photo. Mast height in photo. Oh, you smashed it then. <laughs> Crushed it on that last one. I've got one for you, Luke. If you, I've got a couple for you, Luke, if you want to yeah, play yeah. along. Some obscure ones for you then. So, um, Ellie um, in this world is not a fashion student, but she's interested in uh, media and listicle writing. And it's her final evening working at a popular YouTube channel specially specializing in top 10 videos and listicles. The amount of setup <laughs> it's needed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so she's writing. Mojo. <laughs> yes. Mojo. Um, list. I was going to say list. Last is fine. Ah. Last. 
So it's last night in Mojo. Watch Mojo. <laughs> and watch Mojo. That's it. Yeah. Night, watch Mojo. And we've got another one in a <laughs> massive comic crossover. Um, Batman faces off against a grotesque X Men villain who is into reality TV. Uh, it's. I keep Modoc. I was going to say that's not right, is it? No. It's Mojo as well, isn't it? It is Mojo. It is Mojo as well. Um, so it's Dark Knight in Mojo. Yeah, Dark Knight in Mojo Vision. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for a second. Pretty Very nice. Go. The bad guy from Powerpuff Girls. Ah, uh, Mojo. Mojo. Last night in Mojo JJ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> three, three different Mojo ones. Well yeah. done, everyone. Well done. Ten out of ten for effort. Cool. Now we need to rate the movie. Last night in Soho. Mm. How do you feel about it? Read good? Or read bad? Uh, I think I'd go quite high. I think I enjoyed this. Um, It got a lot right. As I said, things that sort of happen in other films, that this kind of like did the same, but it just felt it had a different, it had a different reaction from me just based on the directorial um, style. And that, yeah. but yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked, I liked London, so it was nice to see a movie in that. I think Anya Taylor Joy and Thomas and McKenzie were really great. Supporting cast was great as well. I think it was a nice, cool little individual, like quite a unique film. I yeah. think um, I had a lot going for it, and I would like to watch it again just so I can sort of pick it apart a bit more. But yeah. other than that, I think I'll go for a B plus for this one. Nice. Nice. I'm just going to jump in because I'm going to go for a B plus as well. I think this is like a pretty amazing movie, really. Like the way it's put together, the ideas and the concepts, and it's quite unique and original. I just think taste-wise, it doesn't strike me as much as like Scott Pilgrim or, or Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. But I, I can't. Com- There's not much <laughs> to complain about the film. I think it's very, very well put together, and um, it was a really good time. And I, I didn't fall asleep past eleven. Oh, later, that is all oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Go on, Andy. We you know um, go. Oh, I, it was one of these. I came into this. Was, we had the classic horror hangout like syndrome of. I think I was gonna. I was coming in, gonna go for a B, because um, I enjoyed it. It was uh, you know visually very you know visually very stunning. Visually like really well put together. Performances were really good. But then once again talking through it and then you know putting it together and having it getting your guys opinions it's probably dragged me up a little bit as well i think so i'm gonna join you on the b plus train b pluses all around i'd be curious to know what your ranking of edgar wright movies is um <laughs> oh, wow. hot, Sorry. hot fuzz <laughs> scott pilgrim shawn of the dead uh um, scott pilgrim above shawn of the dead that's cool. Uh, yeah, I've seen it more recently. I think I, I really like the some of the visual cues and that are just really sweet. And I like the um, I like some of the throwaway lines. Those two are incredibly close, though. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> proper Gilligan's Island and the rest. No, uh, not and the rest. Maybe then, maybe then this would come. Maybe this before Baby Driver because it's fresher in my mind. Yeah, and then we'll bottom out with um, 
with the world's end. And I probably missed some from his filmography. That's just the major, no, major points. I, I think that's all of his, all of his um, directorial credits for features. Well, um, I think it's fist full of fingers, which is that kind of low budget thing. He did, but oh like yeah. Um, oh yeah. That's from like night, mid nineties. Um, I think mine is my, Ranking is exactly the same as yours, Andy, except I think I might swap around Shaun of the Dead and Scott Pilgrim. I think Shaun of the Dead second, but Hot Fuzz is probably far and away the number one for me. Because... Hot Fuzz gets better with every rewatch as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's and so I find good. it, I quote it so much. And I think, yeah, yeah you know, a film's really done well when, it, when you quote it most days. Well, not most days, but you know, a lot. I do the same as well as Andy. I think I put Shaun of the Dead above Scott Pilgrim because Shaun of the Dead kind of holds a special place in my heart. But I would also swap World's End with Baby Driver. I would rewatch World's End before mm. rewatching Baby Driver. I think. No one in it is cancelled. As I yet. probably, I probably need to see both because um, I think I've only seen either of them once. World's End. Is oh yeah, good. It's it is good. It's just um, not as a bit, bit blue blood. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Too many robots. Too many robots. Way too many robots. But not really, enough. There are really good gags in there, though. Like, uh, mm. and th- those films are just splendid for the gags, the kind of visual gags mm. and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, I guess uh, next week we're going to be talking about not Ghostbusters, Crimson Peak next week. Crimson Peak next week. Next week, yeah. Crimson Peak. Who knows? We might watch it in the same place because we're at a Comic-Con oh, yeah. this weekend. If you're oh, yeah. about uh, Harrogate, Harrogate, uh, come see us at Fort Bubble, Fort Bubble even. Uh, yeah. Very many people will be. You can talk to us about horror movies even at a comic thing. That's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, we won't, we won't chew you away. If you start talking horror movies, excuse me, this is comic books only. No. Yeah. To get under the table to talk about horror movies. So <laughs> thanks to our patrons. We have a few patrons. John Crillon, Against His Will, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Toby Miller, Laura Kendrick, Scott Rigby, and Pazuzu. Thanks very much. You can become a patron and um, get early access episodes, bonus content, and heaps of free stuff, including uh, a chapter from the Horror Hangout book, I think got posted today or yesterday. Um, all that is available at patreon.com forward slash forward slash horror hangout. Forward slash. Uh, yeah. Uh, Very nice. Thanks to Cobalt Camera for theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Uh, join the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board Advisors. Uh, yeah. Thanks to my co hosts, Ben and Andy, for being right horror dudes. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Andy. Thank Pleasure you. as always. See you guys on Friday. Oh, yeah. 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 Catch you in a bit. Very exciting. See you later. Uh.